0: Doomed to Repeat is a Delta Green actual play podcast with violent themes and adult language. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Welcome to Episode 3 of Doomed to Repeat. I'm Sergio, your handler. Tonight, we begin the scenario, Reverberations, by Shane Ivey. You can now check us out on Patreon.com forward slash Mayday Roleplay 7 where a donation grants you access to high-quality versions of our original music, artwork, and access to our Discord, as well as other perks which we'll reveal as our community continues to grow. You can also help us out by telling someone new about the show, or reviewing us on Apple Podcasts.
2: This is recorded with special intention to my secretary Alexa for further dictation. This recording is regarding a stretch of time dictating from the following dates and times. April 18th, approximately 8pm, and April 19th, approximately 11pm. This takes place in Lansing, Michigan, and a territory north of there. After our gross mishandling of the Bowman case, we were left with a compromise field operation. The compromise came in the way of a local to the county. He managed to identify agents inside of our car, license plates on display, and had heard the gunshots. Now, I take full responsibility for this. I need to exact more control when I know that I'm in the right. These people are depending on me, and if I can't keep them safe, I don't mean anything to the organization even if that means hurting their feelings. Make this a mental note. Unsure of how to proceed, we took some time to deliberate on the road before deciding he had to be dealt with. It took some time to find him, but eventually we arrived at his trailer, a double wide. He was building some property on the land, an A-frame cabin. My father had one growing up. It makes me wonder, did this man think that I was coming to meet him this day? While he was constructing support choice, Did his wife tell him to wash his calloused hands before dinner? We proceeded. Boomer and I took point. Boomer deserves a medal for her resoluteness. There is a certain level of chill that coats the iris with the way that she looked at me. It was a freezing understanding that put my spine out of place. One that said we knew exactly what we were doing. And before long it was over. I fired 12 of 13 shots from my second magazine on my service pistol. I killed a man, a woman. I never got a look at the kids, but as I was sprinting back to the car, I caught the wind in the spokes of their tricycle. It spun on whether there was cause for play or not. Later, myself, Agent Hyde, and Agent Warp stopped to sunset the car in a field an hour from Lansing. While I was gone, the group completed more research, a book on sky devils of Wyoming. I wonder if one day they will write a book on the devil of Lansing, the patron of patricide. The plan from there was to exfil to Detroit, to regroup and reassess. There was a stop that warped asked of us, though. I felt inclined to give it to her as it's clear what happened had affected her supremely. I haven't quite diagnosed her yet, but she makes for a fascinating study. A good person, too. Genuine. More than any of us. It was a sheep farm, of all things. I don't think I'll be sending it back in any report to Mallory, but it was worth the visit. Warp was absolutely elated, all smiles and nods, and afterwards there was a, how do I phrase this, a brief period of religious misconduct, I'll call it. I've heard of the proverbial farmer's daughter, but I wasn't aware it was part of any Old or New Testament within the Bible. The man that was suggesting Christian literature books to me just that morning, Agent Samael, was hunched over like some dog in heat with the Daughter of the Sheep Man. Now, naturally, myself and Tuck are left to sweat ourselves through panicked conversations on the finer aspects of fleece skirting. While just a few yards away, the man of God is giving a form of mass explicitly shunned by the Vatican. Bizarrely, I think we all treated this as a bonding experience. One nation of the highly repressed brought together under the simple creed of fellatio. We arrived in Detroit sometime later in our rental car and investigated a green box in Mexican Town. Inside were the contents of an event in 1984, Devil's Night, the night before Halloween. I had heard stories about the holiday from growing up in Ithaca, but had never heard of anything of this proportion. 800 homes burned to the ground in a single night. Boomer had some trouble with the tight spaces, a compulsion of hers probably associated with some form of past trauma. I noted the PTSD connections in case file. Maybe that Meadowbrook incident her and Tuck alluded to? Who knows? More on that later. We decided after some painstaking decision-making that it was necessary to stay the night in Detroit to ensure some results for the Chronicle. It was then that Agent Samael found the crystal and unleashed information I don't think any of us were expecting. More on that later. Agent Merritt. P.S. Miranda, I know you're never going to hear any of this but in case the universe pays small favors to the evil men behind the tape recorders, I'm sorry for everything. They didn't suffer.
1: It's Monday, April 20th, 8 p.m. Agent Boomer has just successfully solved the combination on this strange lockbox and handed it over to Agent Samael. Inside, Samael, you found a large, uh, milky white crystal. You pick up the crystal, and it's cold to the touch, as you were expecting. But that cold feeling quickly begins to travel up your arm, and before you know it, it's completely enveloped you, like... Having cold water dumped on your head, you suddenly feel invigorated. A few minutes ago, you were feeling kind of drowsy, but now, holding this crystal, you feel like you could go for another 12 hours. The rest of the agents, you see Agent Samael involuntarily just stand up holding this crystal. Agent Samael, you know that this sudden surge of energy is coming from this crystal. And I need you to please make a sanity check.
3: Ah, shit! Fucking already, already!
0: Just <laughs> two minutes.
1: I Not failed surprised. with a ninety-six. Okay, <laughs> so you are only going to lose one point of sanity. You, you've done a lot of illicit things in your life. But you've never literally just by holding something gotten high off of it. And it is an incredible feeling. It's an unnerving feeling. You you, you wonder what this means. Mechanically, while you hold this crystal, you may add five power to your base score. As a player, you would know that the power stat determines your willpower, which besides sanity, is one of the main costs to casting a ritual
3: I feel really good <laughs> uh, I think I could go on for a while longer, studying, honestly, I don't think I need to sleep if anybody wants, you know, to pass some more files over than me, I feel like I could stay up and read all night, okay. like super focused uh-huh.
4: I'll hand him the stack that I've been kind of thumbing through
3: <laughs> I just immediately. I don't. I don't set the crystal down. I grab it with one hand and I just kind of like set it in my lap, and I'll just start reading like furiously and start flipping
1: the pages as fast as I can.
4: I'm just gonna watch him do that.
1: Yeah, everyone is 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 very aware that where one moment, um, Agent Samuel was in a very kind of relaxed state, and now he seems like he just did a couple bumps or something. I mean, he is energy is up. <laughs>
5: hey, Sam, um, yeah. is it is it smart to put? That right on your junk.
3: It's not conventionally wise, okay. but I don't I don't know. I mean, it's it's just a crystal that's making me feel like I'm on cocaine. What could possibly go wrong?
6: Okay,
2: gonna, well, I don't
3: see this going anywhere bad.
2: Okay, let's remove the artifact from our touch here. Let's put it back inside of the chest, and let's take some notes on exactly
1: how you're feeling. How do you feel about that, Agent Samuel? I guess if I have to put it down? You do.
6: That would be best. Yes.
1: Fine. Okay. Agent Samael, if you'd like to put the crystal down, I need you to make a sanity check. Of course, <laughs> of course you do. Of course you need me to make a sanity check. So I fail with See, I fail the pretty bad. one gets
2: this fucking cocaine crystal. It would be here.
3: Fail These with
1: the 77. Good. Okay. You want to put this crystal down, but there's a part of you that doesn't. It feels so good. And you are going to lose one point of sanity, because you literally realize your brain is telling you put it down, and yet everything in your body is refusing to do it.
3: But I do, do I or do I not you, successfully? You, you do not
1: let it go. You, the body okay. is literally gripping it, and and as much as you think, let it go, let it go, you just can't. I listen. I can't put it. I can't put it down. I
3: don't know. I don't know what it is. I just, I really. I don't know. I'm like attached to it somehow. Like I don't know. A, a bit. Emo, I, I don't understand.
4: I'll put my hand out since I'm right in front of him, and I'm just like, just put it in my hand. It's pretty easy, right there in the hand.
1: He, he, he puts his he puts his arm out, and he, you can see his hand is kind of shaking. He can't he can't seem to drop it. I, no, I don't. I don't think I'm gonna. I, I, I don't think I. I, I, I don't want to do that. I don't it. Can a I?
4: Can I go and grab it from his hand?
1: You. You grab it. Let's go ahead and make a contested uh, strength check. We're gonna play fucking hot potato with this I thing. I was Punk thinking like of tug, of tug of war
4: and shit <laughs> with
5: big
3: the cocaine
4: fail. crystal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> big big fail.
4: I. I succeeded.
1: Nice. Okay, you snatch it from him. You suddenly. Uh, like, like with a gasp of air are filled with all of this energy that you didn't have a second ago and I need you to make a sanity check.
4: Oh yeah, I failed. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: you, you are going to lose one sanity as this feeling is completely abnormal and unnatural and, and you are suddenly realizing, oh my God, no, this is, this is for real. No, you have not attempted to let it go though.
4: Uh, I'd like to try to let
1: it go. Okay, give me another sanity check.
4: Oh, no, I, I passed that one. Okay.
1: Okay, you, you let it go, and it kind of just drops into the box that it was uh, originally in, and you kind of breathe a sigh of relief. Feels good, doesn't it?
4: Do you just like getting high all the time? That's irrelevant. Don't you? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it felt pretty good, but uh, I, I am not one to indulge in that.
3: Nothing bad's come of it.
4: yet.
0: You held it for two minutes and you couldn't set it down.
3: Well, in that case, I suppose further experimentation is required.
5: Probably not by you. Damn it, because it's in the box, correct? I'm gonna close the lid on the box and like take the crystal box and I look at those two and be like, ah, oh, hold on to this, and I'm gonna like put it on the other side of my bed, like, like no. Probably for the you so. Walk away.
3: Don't touch that. <laughs> not like I don't have other options anyway.
6: No. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs>
3: Anyone, what's that? I
6: won't. We were considering research. I think That's where we left off before cocaine crystals happened.
3: Oh sure, let's just all yeah, of a sudden ignore the cocaine crystal. Yes, That's... we're going to
5: ignore the cocaine crystal because <laughs> cocaine crystals aren't a good thing. Aren't you
2: a priest? I think I think that maybe we should come right up now. with a better code word for this artifact than cocaine crystal. I don't think Mallory <laughs> would appreciate that in the uh, dossier. What about it's the code It's very descriptive. I don't know
5: how what about Crack Rock? Crack Rock. Ooh, that's got my vote. That's got my
2: vote. Again, I don't think Crack Rock would look very well on a, on a memo or a dossier. We need something that uh, snappier and less... Uh, the cold crystal? Better, better. Anything that is not Crack Rock is fine with me.
6: Okay.
3: I mean, I think Crack Rock really says it all, though. I mean, like, if you want to spare yourself some descriptive effort, why would you not just call it a Crack Rock?
6: It is what it is. I think is for
3: my own is. dignity to
6: be honest
3: with you. Yes. Well, regardless, cold. do what you want with it.
0: Let's just go with cold crystal. It's cold. It's a crystal. Sergio,
3: I believe that was interspersed with me reading that file. Um, I think that um, happened. Wasn't, I think, I think the way that worked is that we kind of had like a little bit yes. of a time Yeah, shift you, there.
1: You, you had open you had opened up the documents and started kind of reading through them. You can go back to doing that. L- looking through these case files, there's about four manila envelopes and they're all full of paperwork and of entries into this case file. Uh, you suspect it's probably going to take, honestly, to, to go over all of this. One person alone could take four or five days.
3: Now, let me let me ask you, when I set the crystal down, did the effect stop or is there like yes. some kind of lingering...
1: Yes, you are feeling like your old self again, that, that kind of... that tiredness is kind of coming back now
3: so we have these files from the green box that seem relevant to you know i i mean it's it's talking about this devil's night a lot i don't know if that's something that's going to be useful for us to flip through i can't personally think of any connection to anything else that we'd be looking to it looks like it's going to take four or five days for our combined eyes to shift through it all, I don't. What do you guys think?
1: It's it's four or five days for one person. It might be less for if everybody kind of jumps in. Okay. Is that like a day or two?
2: Well, I, I think we're in a unique position where we've uh, managed to digitize uh, everything else we we've previously gone through. So at this point, we could decide what would be our first research project if we wanted to. I, if this is something we're all
3: interested in as a group. That's true. I mean, we're here to. I guess just... either way. Document. either way we're gonna to need to go through the files to digitize them regardless so
6: i would love a day of research a day of research would be great but we
4: also may need to consider leaving
6: uh michigan
3: that's also a good point
4: uh yeah, I don't want to know or want to remember what we just did back in those woods. We- and I'd hate to wait for somebody to figure it
5: out. You're not wrong, Hyde, but the thing is we have too much crap here. So let's just go ahead and let's just spend at least a solid day research, upload to the server, destroy what we need to destroy so therefore we can get on your magic plane and then we'll go from but
3: there. we can we can do that on the plane and get the fuck out of here. Do
5: we really well, want some of this shit? True. Do we really want some of this shit on a plane?
2: Respectfully, there's also the understanding that we'd be investigating a case that uniquely has to do with the place we're in now. It may behoove us to stay in the same place that it happened in in case we need to pursue leads that were uh, found to be cold or, or to find some sort of historical context while we're here.
3: Agent Merritt, do you want to get arrested for murder?
2: I do not, but I believe that the crime can wait a day. He, uh, he actually if we all- makes sense.
5: He makes sense. But if we all take a handful of the notes.
0: We can be done in a day. Look at that.
3: Possibly, yes. What if we just... What if we moved to the plane, had it ready to go, just in case we got the bug out?
5: Would you just like to go to the plane and get it prepped?
3: I just... I would, I don't want us to get stuck here. I don't want us to... I don't want us to lose a man if we don't have to lose a man, you know? Then
5: I guess we should research and make it go okay,
3: by great. faster. Do what you want. It's not my hide on the line.
2: <laughs> well, I, I think <laughs> there is... I, I think there is something to both plans Maybe, maybe we do a hybrid of, of both We do our researching inside of the plane And then if we need to We have a day to go to any of these locations In Detroit if it's called for If not, after a day of research We already have it digitized We f- fly out of Michigan And we never have to see a bad Uber driver again
0: I'm okay with that plan
5: Uh, fine He'll get in the air soon, Hyde Ditto, uh, he's
1: got my vote so with the evening starting to get a little late, I suppose you guys decide to maybe call it early and, and get an early rise tomorrow and start this research.
3: I think that's what we're agreeing on. Yes. yes.
1: Okay. Yes. Okay. So everyone uh, goes to their rooms and gets some much needed sleep. It's nice to go to bed a little earlier than usual or than expected. Any important business before you guys go to bed?
5: Um, I'm going to go ahead and text my fiance and sibling just, uh, hey, miss you, thinking of you, and then sending gifts and memes to my uh,
4: sister. I'd like to send a you up text to Micah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, Agent Hyde, you text and you actually get a response and what you get in response is a photo. Ah. It's a photo of Micah and your father on that canoe that you... (laughs) helped your father build and they seem to be since they are on the other side of the world it's the middle of the day and they seem to be enjoying the use of the canoe. He tricked us.
4: I know. i thought (laughs) we were going in a different direction. I just send like a I just like like the picture and then like send a smile back uh, with like a shaka and I leave it at that.
1: I'm sorry I didn't mean to cock block you.
4: (laughs) (laughs) It's all good. good.
3: Sergio I don't think after last episode I don't think anyone is ever going to accuse you of that.
0: No. (laughs) No. I also would like to uh, text my wife and just talk to her a little bit.
1: Okay. You do so. Anyone that you guys want to speak to, you call, you check in on. I would like to,
2: uh, if I'm not interrupting, I'd like to perform a contraband search on my, our room in the hotel. uh Okay.
1: okay. <laughs> no.
2: Uh-huh. He did say it's not like that was the only option.
1: <laughs> Go ahead and make either a s- uh, make <laughs> a search check. Okay. That's
5: so <laughs> I know, what a fucking
1: I'm sorry, but
2: his life uh is important to me. And whether he dies <laughs> is hinging on whether he's an addict or not. A forty 40- is under my
1: fifty.
2: Wow! Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I, I mean, I would
1: assume that Agent Samael is in the in the room or kind of close by. So, oh, yeah. Agent Samael, you you become very quickly aware of what's going on, but. Agent Samael, what do you have on you that he um, might find? Well,
3: first of all, is he just, like,
1: rifling through my bags in front of me? I don't know. How, how would you be doing it, uh, Agent <laughs> Merritt? Uh, I am. Absolutely. <laughs> <not>. <laughs> no
2: shame. What the fuck are you doing? Well, you said earlier that you might have some drugs on you, and I'm trying to make sure that you keep that outside of my mission's jurisdiction.
3: What the fuck? No! Get out of my bag!
2: Okay. Well, if you would like to make me, you're welcome, but... If you are at all interested in becoming a clean, abiding agent, then you're going to let me do this.
3: There's no such thing as a clean, abiding agent, Agent You're Merit. looking at one, and I continue searching.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
3: okay, well, you know, I'm honestly, I'm just going to let him find it. Um, and what does he find? Rifling through the bag, you're just going to find a little, you know,
1: like four ounce baggie or something of, of a white powder. Okay. I believe Asian Samael, unless I'm wrong, there were other things that you purchased the night before, or am I wrong about that?
3: Um, did you already use all of them? I think that is probably what I would have purchased was the the bag that he's holding right now.
1: Okay. Oh I see. So this so does this not include what you found in the green box? Uh, I have that on my person. Yeah, he Got does it. it's in his okay. coat, I remember. So you, you find something that looks reminiscent to possibly crack, possibly heroin. Uh,
2: I, I walk up to him and I, I put it in his face, sort of like, you know, you're teaching Samson not to oh s- no. screw up the couch or anything like that. Say, like, oh Samuel, Samael, I just want you to know that this in no way makes me think differently of you. I know that this is a sickness and I know it's something that you cannot help as a human being. And oh you and I God. are going to work on this together for as long as we're working together. Oh my God, understand oh. this. This is because I appreciate you and the life that you hold. And then I go outside um, into the hallway, and I, you know, I try to. While
3: he's
1: wagging it over my face, I try to snatch it out of his hand. (laughs) Pulling it back, Russell. Let's let's make a posed. So Samael, you need to make a unarmed combat or unarmed strike roll. I'm gonna be good at that. And Agent Merritt, you're going to try to make a dodge roll. I succeed with a 23. Ooh. Ooh. I succeed with a 2. Oh, (laughs) get the fuck out of
6: here.
1: Agent Merritt does succeed to get it out of the way, although you are very fast, M.I.L. Shoo, shoo, shoo.
3: Okay, well, I mean, I'm definitely not going to let him throw it away, so if he's, like, trying to move out of the hotel room, I'm, you know, I'm chasing after him, and I'm just telling him, listen, it's not any of your fucking business. What the fuck? It is absolutely my business.
1: Agent Hyde and Agent Tuck, you guys are kind of settling in, and that's when you start hearing the muffled male yelling coming from across... (laughs) The other room.
4: I look at Tuck. <laughs> it's happening. God, it's happening. Oh God! I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. Do we have like a window in front, like, of our door, like, going? Like, when we exit? Well, like, oh, you the have block. the
1: peephole.
4: Oh, let me look through the peephole. <laughs> let me see if I can spot them. I'm going to stand next to her and push my ear up against the door.
1: You see Merit and Samael kind of exiting and, and kind of struggling for about something.
4: They're fighting over something. What? What is it? I don't know. I can't see what's in his hands, but... Oh, he's... Samuel's really adamant about it. Oh, shit. How much did we put down on this? Like, five bucks. Not enough. Double or nothing. On who? Oh, on the same people. Merit's... Merit's going okay. to you.
0: I'm not changing sides. Merritt's gonna kick his ass. Or did well, I you say- picked Sam? You picked pick Sam.
4: Did I pick Sam? Oh, fuck. You Maybe Sammo. I do want to. Shoot. You said he had God on his side.
0: <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> fifty bucks, Merritt. In fine, fifty bucks, Sam. You're on.
1: So let's treat this like a chase scene. Um, you are <laughs>
6: so
1: happy. We'll say that basically there has to be two successes on one side or the other. Who has the higher initiative? That's just your dexterity, right? Yes. Well, I have a 10. I have a 12. Okay, yeah. so Merit, you have the first chance. Uh, you're going to make an athletics check to see if you can just basically outrun Samael. So are- Samael, you can either yeah. make an athletics check or you can use one of your other skills and explain to me how it is used to try to get some kind of advantage on your next roll.
3: Listen, I know... I know he's a trained FBI, or I know he's some kind of a trained law enforcement agent. So I know that me, Mister, you know, theologian uh, book guy, isn't going to be able to do much to stop him. So if anything, I'm just trying to tell him off and you know persuade him to mind his own fucking business and kindly, kindly remind him that he has no business telling me, uh, he has no business instructing me on the finer points of morality.
6: Okay.
1: Oh. I think that we'll, we'll we'll pretty much assume that Merritt succeeds on his uh, uh his athletics roll to kind of be able to fight off Samael wh- whatever fight he might be giving. Samael, I will give you go ahead and make a persuade roll. And if you succeed, I will give you plus 20 to whatever the next roll is. I'll consider it a success. Nope. Oh, off the table fail with a 51. Damn. Though you have certainly thrown your fair share of insults at him, you are both outside. As Agent Mayor, you are in the process of of dumping this out. Um,
3: Now, I'm sorry, is he on, like, is there, like, a balcony that he's going out to, like, dump it off? My assumption is that basically
1: you guys have walked out into the hallway, down some stairs, and you're, like, in the middle of walking out of, like, the lobby right now. Yeah. Agent Samael, if you're going to continue trying to persuade him, go ahead and give me a persuade roll to see if you succeed
3: No, you listen could- l- I don't I know Agent Meredith is a giant fucking douchebag <laughs> I honestly okay. didn't expect anything more from him so I am going to practice good Christian values and turn the other cheek and choose to not be upset with him I will instead take the substance that I acquired from the green box in my oh, pocket boy. walk back to the hotel room and I'm going to take one. Oh no. Okay. Oh.
6: As
2: as, as Samiel oh. is going back into the hotel room, I'm dumping it out. He's watching me. I, I look at him and I go, "This is for your own good. I'm you already have gone. I understand I'm not... that
1: this is hurting you." <laughs> uh, yeah, you're, you're you're saying that, Merritt, but when you look off, you you already notice that he's gone. He's already gone back into the lobby and he's just out of out oh of my sight. God. You take a moment to breathe, you finish dumping it out, you throw the, the little baggie into a, a nearby trash can. Agent Merritt, or excuse me, Agent Samael, you, I assume you take it like on the way to the room?
3: Uh, I mean, I'm not going to
1: do it like if anybody's watching, but you know,
3: when I feel like I can.
1: Yeah, I mean, what you basically have is a little baggie, what look like, like little crack rocks are actually like little pills and little white pills, and you just pick one up, and I assume you put it in your mouth, oh okay?
3: Uh, so, and th- yeah, that's another question. Did we, when we were walking out of the hotel room, did we pass by Agent Hyde and Agent Tuck? No, they
1: were in the bedroom unless they decided to come out.
4: I was going to peek out eventually once they realized they had gone downstairs to see where they had gone, because I want to know if they're fighting.
1: Eventually, yeah. Eventually, you see Samael walking up.
4: Uh, what's going on? You guys are being really loud. I thought we were trying to be low-key.
3: Well, Agent Merritt decided that he needed to raid a colleague's personal belongings um, out of some kind of uh, sense of false righteousness. Um, What did he find? What did he find? I don't know. You'll have to ask him that. All I know is that uh, this is more his problem than mine, and only a fool thinks himself wise. So I'm just going to let him be him, and uh, I'm not going to worry too much about it. Why did you you. go
4: after him, then? If it wasn't a big deal and it was his problem, why did you (sighs) run after him?
3: Well, I... (laughs) Listen, I was very angry. Um, Better judgment got me on the way down. Agent
1: Samael, as you're kind of explaining to her, you're starting to feel those beginning waves of psychedelic energy kind of pumping from your stomach. Which I will try not to show.
4: Would I notice that?
1: Uh, you can give me a, give me a human intelligence roll. Can I also? Sure, if you're both there.
4: I get That's it great. with an eight. Ooh, nice.
1: Um, Agent Samael, if you are really attempting to, you could try to make a deception roll. Okay. Well, I rolled a ten, which is a success. So, Samael, you are able to. You know, kind of maintain your composure. It's just the very beginning, kind of funny feeling of when you take something. But Hyde, you can tell that he's like he wants to, or yeah, he wants to get to his bedroom like as soon as possible. Can
4: I see physical? Um...
1: Not, not yet. You can just tell that he he just seems kind of agitated the way he was when he was holding that crystal.
4: Can I pull Sam L. into the other into his bedroom?
1: Sure. I mean, if if he you're able to, I was going walk in, in there, there anyway. Okay. So you follow him into the bedroom?
4: I close the door, and I ask him, what did you do?
3: Nothing I haven't done before.
4: What did you take? Did he find whatever you, you jacked off the, the green box?
3: Oh. I don't know. I don't have any idea what you're talking about.
2: Eli was the only one who saw. Yep. Mm-hmm. Samuel,
4: let's, let's cut the bullshit a little bit, can we? I've been kind of nice and a little bit of patient and a little tolerant of your kind of shit that you've been spouting these last couple of days, but uh, jacking shit, I saw, and you can't lie to me about that.
3: Well,
1: call it research. Oh. <sighs> I, as, you guys are ha- as you guys are having this conversation, uh, Merit, you are walking up back into the hallway, and you see Tuck kind of standing in the hallway still.
0: What the fuck happened?
1: Uh, I was doing a contraband search since the man admitted that he's been doing
2: drugs while he's been a part of this organization and working with all of us. So I thought it might be better to have a sober agent than one that's throwing himself off half-cocked to getting us killed.
0: Oh my god.
2: And he took offense.
0: Yeah, no shit, he took offense.
2: He's supposed to. This is the only way he's going to learn is if we keep him accountable.
0: Merit, that's not your responsibility.
2: It is my responsibility. It's also your responsibility, Agent Tuck. I don't need to remind you that we were put in charge of these people to make sure that they're, they're acceptable for a mission like this. That they are following our orders and making sure that we are acting at the best that we can. Do you think that if he is coked up on the next mission, that we're going to survive the next septic tank? or am I going to have to kill another person
1: every time he decides that he gets to do this? You're you're saying this in the middle of a hallway as three um, middle school <laughs> kids are coming back from the pool and they just kind of awkwardly walk past you guys.
0: Good scene rehearsal, yeah. I think tomorrow uh, we'll have to run it again. mm mm-hmm. um,
2: little late for the pool, huh kids? Isn't it cold out there? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. I'm going
0: to grab him by the arm and throw him in, like as soon as the kids like get around the corner, I'm just going to shove him in the room and be like, "Okay. We are not talking about this in public. That was my own fault." Merit Merit Merit, you are you are not in charge of these people. We are yes, in charge of we are in charge of, are. of their safety. We are in charge of their safety when it comes to the strange weird shit we deal with. That's it. That's where we're. I, that's where we're responsible for them. You I'm don't. I'm sorry,
6: Doug. But I was
0: choice. told,
2: when I was told that I was responsible for ensuring the success of this mission, it also included these people. And I would do the same exact thing to you if you were throwing off like this man is. But you know what? You're smarter. You're smarter than he is. Clearly, because he is not thinking, not at all. Look at the decisions he's made. Look at what he's brought into our environment. Look at the things he's put you and I in front of already in two days of knowing him.
0: I don't deny that he is a potential liability, but another potential liability within our team is the lack of trust, which you are breeding, which you with your deep, deep set need to follow every goddamn rule to the letter is keeping us from. We can't build trust if we can't trust you.
2: Tuck. I'm sorry, but if you pick him over me in terms of who is succeeding <laughs> in this mission
0: I'm not, picking, I'm not picking anyone over anyone it's not us versus them, it's not you versus him, it's us as a team or we're all gonna fucking die
2: that is exactly what I'm saying
1: Let's let's flip to the other side of the wall where where Agent Hyde and Samael are speaking. Samael, as Hyde continues to berate you and tell you all of these things, it's starting to hit you. It feels like it's those nice feelings that come out of your stomach on mushrooms and LSD, but you're you're not seeing much more than kind of patterns shifting. You're you're feeling that uppy feeling of of being on MDMA or like speed or something, and you're, you're you can feel your skin starting to sweat, but you're still pretty uh, pretty pretty cognitive.
3: Um, I mean, I'm pretty assuming I'm pretty well accustomed at hiding, um, the effects of such things. You're uh, certainly able to keep up a conversation. So I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna continue just trying to, I'm going to appreciate the feeling, but I'm gonna try the not to show it.
4: All right, we we um. I don't know how long it took when you took that. You need to throw up right now.
3: It's a little late for that. And I assure you, there have been worse things in this system.
4: That's not the point, Samel. None of that is the point. The point is that you have taken something from the program and now you have ingested
3: it. And imagine how much better of an understanding I'm gonna have of what's going on after. They might already this ride.
4: know what the fuck it is. The Problem is is that it's not logged as something that we had found. Do you know what happens to motherfuckers who steal and do things that the program doesn't want them to do? You want to be like Bowman too? Do you want some cleaner team picking up whatever information you've jotted down in some note somewhere and burn your fucking parish to the ground or whatever the fuck? Dude, you don't and understand. greater
3: good. I was hired to do research and I'm doing research. Your research entails you, you to sure, put your in. Mm-hmm. I can tell you for sure that I'm going to understand whatever's going on a lot better after
1: this. Yeah, as you're speaking, the, the sounds of her voice and your voice are kind of starting to just melt into one, and you're having a hard time even, like, keeping up with her kind of yelling at you. Um, it, it's around that time that you you're starting to kind of go in and out of consciousness um, it feels like your vision is just becoming cloudy and then you're kind of coming back into the room and then it becomes cloudy again you kind of go away for a little while and then you come back um agent high Samuel kind of just stops responding to you after a few minutes
4: I'm like looking him over do I notice any physical changes to him oh at yeah this he's
1: point? he He's sweaty, he's like giggling at weird times, his eyelids (laughs) seem very heavy, he's coming in and out of it.
4: Uh, I I go and kind of like, just kind of like, extend his eyelid a little bit just to see how dilated it is, and I'm just like, fuck.
1: Yeah, you you go to like open his eyelids, and he just like kind of falls over on the bed.
4: I want to find the other bat, I want to find the baggie.
1: Yeah, if you search it, you can find uh, a little baggie with a couple of white pills in them.
4: I'm gonna hold on to them, I'm gonna pocket them, and I'm is he, like, in danger? Is he just laughing
1: there, looking at me? Sam? He... He's not foaming at the mouth or anything. I mean, when you do call out to him, he might respond. Sam? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah.
3: What's up? Are you all right? I'm, oh, I'm just fine. <laughs>
4: oh, shit. Oh, God.
1: Oh. Agent Samael, give me a, a, a sanity check, please.
3: Success with the 24.
1: I am a hardened drug user. user. (laughs) Because of your success, I'm gonna say that what you experience is a little clearer than other folks who might be taking this stuff. You, one of those times you kind of drift out of the room and into your own head, you realize you don't see the room, but you see something else. It's like a pyramid. It's like a Mayan or Aztec pyramid. And as you approach, as you get closer, you see that there is this altar, and the altar is just kind of bathed in blood. And then your vision kind of shifts again. And you are watching as this reptilian creature stands like a man in elaborate silk robes and they're in some kind of room with glass vials and bottles and bubbling liquids it's like a laboratory and behind them there is a big open window and there are what look to be dinosaurs walking around in some kind of massive jungle and then your 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 vision shifts again to a group of what you think are maybe humans, or, or maybe something else, and, and, and they're they're walking on the the snow of a massive Arctic field, and they're walking towards these massive jagged mountains that seem to be made of ice and then it shifts again and it shifts again and it keeps shifting it shifts to images of skyscrapers on fire it shifts to images of people in the street lighting fires and blowing things up and just causing panic and chaos though you have successfully rolled a though you have succeeded on your sanity check i need you to roll a d4 three You are going to lose three sanity as these, this barrage of strange, but very vivid images come to you. And I'm gonna also ask you to add 1% to your unnatural skill. As for Agent Hyde and the rest of you guys, Hyde, you might eventually get the other agents, you might do something. Agent Samael is out of it for the rest of the evening. He is coming in and out of consciousness, Mostly laughing. Sometimes his body is convulsing and shaking. Nothing to make you think he might be having a seizure. But he he is in the throes of some kind of heavy psychedelic experience.
4: I'll I'll go eventually grab Tuck and Merritt and I'll tell them that Sam else started to act and behave that way when I I pulled him into the room. But I won't tell them what he ingested. I'm gonna suggest that he might have found something and it's mixed in with our evidence boxes. So while Tuck and Merritt go and check on Sam, Hyde's just gonna take a lap around the hotel and give enough time and then come back with the baggie in hand okay
1: all right i think that's easy enough to do um Aaron and tuck you're standing over the body of Samael who is right now in the bed kind of curled <laughs> up in a fetal position
0: is this what you wanted by making your unilateral decision not talking to any of us about anything you were going to do we now have an incapacitated agent which is the opposite of what you wanted. So I think you Uh, just made your own bed, Merritt.
2: I did not. I I don't think so. I don't see it because I did not make the (sighs) decision. He did. This is exactly what he would have done sometime down the line. I don't care that I brought it on earlier. This is who he is, Tuck. If you can't admit that, if you can't see it, then I invite you to look down at the bumbling, comatose pool.
0: I'm not denying that this is who he is. I'm saying that you should not be making decisions for the whole team immediately on your own. There are right. one, and two,
5: three, four other people
0: this. who are involved in this, including so myself have- and another already very seasoned agent. And <laughs> this is your first time. This is not your decision to make alone. You come to us, you bring it to our attention, we deal with it in a democratic way. Oh, I don't know, like the country's supposed to run. I'm sorry. You don't do this by yourself.
2: We all heard what he said.
0: We all heard what he said, yes. And we all heard it, and we could have dealt with it as
2: a team. No one was speaking, no (laughs) one saw it but me, apparently.
0: (laughs) You are not the only one who was observant, who is a part of. Who is. God! Merit.
2: <laughs> he would have done this either
1: way, Tuck. do you eventually come back into the room. I'm sorry I saw it first.
0: You did not see it first. You are not special. You are here to be a part of a team.
4: Act like it. Well... Now that you two are finished, I'm just going to go over to the other side of uh, Sam L, who's, who's laughing.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: And uh, I, I pocketed out the bag and I was like, looks like something that came with some of the green box materials.
1: Um, what is everyone's, the three of you, the three agents? Do you have at least 30% in psychotherapy or in human intelligence? Yes
0: human okay. Intelligence, yeah. No. Okay.
1: okay. Both uh, Allegra and Agent Merritt, I need you to make sanity checks.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Shit's gone. <laughs> <sad. laughs> I failed with a 99.
0: Yeah, you did. Oh, man. I passed with a 31. Or, <laughs> er, yeah, okay. with a 31.
1: So, Agent Merritt, because you critically failed, I'm going to say that you lose two sanity. Okay. Agent Huck, you do not lose any sanity, but you both... Being very intuitive and very empathetic with people, understanding people, you can't believe it, but the patterns on the table are shifting a little bit for you, and you're feeling a little buzzed. (laughs) Agent Hyde, you sense that Tuck and Merritt are at least, like, kind of shaking their heads and... As if they're dizzy or something.
2: There's, there's, there's response. I, I'm, uh, I'm having response. Uh, Hide response.
4: Uh, I grab Merritt and I try to sit him down on a bed or a, a chair or something like that.
1: You, you separate him and Merritt. You sit down, and though the effects actually begin to kind of fade away, Agent Tuck, it isn't until you start stepping away from Agent Samael that you stop feeling. Kind of buzzed high feeling.
0: Can I? I'm gonna, I'm gonna like go a little closer and stand there for a couple minutes and see if it comes (laughs) back again.
1: It does start to come back, yeah. Fuck.
0: I'll, I'll retreat (laughs) and, uh, I'll stand
1: by the, I'll stand
2: at like
4: the
0: opposite end of the room from them.
4: I'll, I'll just like double check Merritt, see if his eyes are dilating or he's like stable. Are you alright? Are
2: you? My head's cloudy. I, my heart's beating fast. I think I'm okay, but.
4: Hey, 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 oh, hey, hey. so hey. much oxygen hey, in my brain. Hey. hey, look at me. Look at me. Yeah. Look at me. Yeah. Look at me in the eye. Look at me in the yeah.
2: eye.
4: Take a deep breath. Four seconds in, hold it, out, do that one more time, out, all right. Is,
2: is he like this all the time?
4: <laughs> I don't know, man. I really don't know.
2: My heart's going to escape my
4: chest. Yeah, you're having a panic attack. That's what happens when you have a panic attack. Take a deep breath. You're alright. I don't have those. Well, you're having one right now. See plenty. It's not a smoking thing, bud. It's a stress thing. You under a lot of stress? (laughs)
5: Yes.
4: (laughs) Yeah, why don't you lie there for a second, you know? Go look okay. at, count, count how many tiles are on the ceiling or something. You all right? I me Looking at that tuck? You all right? Uh, I'm fine. It's, I mean,
0: not a fan of the fact that that drug can affect people from a distance, but I guess that's what probably
4: kind of, why I was in the green box in the first
0: place. Would make sense. I'm going to get a, I'm going to get a glass of water and take it over to, to Merit.
4: I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to hold it out. Um, we have a huge problem, friends. That is a fact.
2: Yes. Yes, we do.
4: Oh, it's not sam else sam not the problem right now. The problem is is that you two <laughs> little beef trolls decided to walk all the way around this fucking hotel screaming at each other. We were in a room for a yeah, time. for a time, but I don't know how many people saw the priest and some random tall dude <laughs> running downstairs screaming at each other.
2: I'm that tall. I don't know if that should be my... It, it doesn't matter. Look, I'm sorry. I was trying to do something good for the group. I understand it wasn't the right call, but I know that he was going to do this either way. I I apologize for my outburst.
4: All right. You bring it to the attention of security team and we follow the procedures you like to follow. All right? (laughs) Fine. Great. Cool. He took this. I don't know what it is, but it looks fucking insane. We got a giggling priest, and we got a whole commotion around this hotel. What do we do now? We get out fast. We go to the plane now. We sleep on the plane.
0: Where are we heading? I you know, don't know. I don't think we were heading anywhere to begin with. We were just going to prep the plane and... Fine. Two we go to there. the
4: plane, we prep it, and then we figure out the next step.
2: Should we bring him?
4: Obviously. Yes. <laughs> we're not leaving him here. I'm going to go get Warp and Boomer, okay? You guys figure him out.
1: Great. Agent Warp and Boomer, you are basically either asleep or about to fall asleep when you get a knock on your door.
5: No way! Get the fuck up. Go to the door. What? (laughs) My hair is all crazy and shit,
4: too. Hi. Hi. We have to leave right now. So please grab all your shit. Grab all the evidence boxes and get ready to go. Whoa, whoa. Don't ask me que- don't ask me questions. Don't ask me anything. <laughs> Do what I ask, and I go
5: Warp's and go know. to warp
6: store.
4: I'm just okay, gonna flip
5: cool. the bird as I slam the damn door. <laughs> ah. Knock on warp store.
6: Yes, are we are we reading more? Are we? Oh,
4: we are gonna read more probably once we get to the plane. Could you please collect your shit? and get ready to go and please help Boomer take boxes down to the car. Please don't Tomorrow? ask me questions. No, right now. No. Yes, I'm sorry.
6: Okay. Yeah. Now. Now. Okay. And she starts turning around and, and gets her shit together.
1: We'll say it takes about an hour for everyone to get their shit together. And um, it's about midnight when you pile everything back into that green van. Who's driving?
5: I'll drive. I'm going to be in the passenger (laughs) shotgun seat. As you
1: drive, everyone is very... Everyone can see Agent Samael very obviously, kind of half awake, half asleep. They have to help him into the car. He's just kind of a... He looks like he's like really stoned or something. He's not really responding much to things. You're in Detroit. And it is going to take you at least an hour to get back to Lansing. It isn't until about, I'll say, 1.45 in the morning that you get to Abrams Municipal Airport. This is a mostly private airport, but there seems to be a section dedicated to the army. You pull up into that section, you flash your badges, you are allowed in. You typically would need to check in to the the small building that is there where there's usually ticket agents and things like that, but you don't have a destination at the moment. I am going to ask that if you're going to, if you basically just want to roll up with no intention of leaving, um, what is your bureaucracy hide?
4: Uh, 40.
1: Okay. I think I'll, I'll, I'll give you an extra 20% to that because with Tuck and, and, um, the other agents there who all have decent bureaucracy, you can probably get your way and get into there where this is rather abnormal.
4: Keeps out in the car.
3: Yep. Yeah. The Lord bless you. And keep
1: you. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> yes. Okay. You, though it is late though there really isn't anyone to attend to, you mention the name of the hangar that the plane is supposed to be in, and the person on duty kind of notices, seems to react a little bit, and says, oh yeah, sure, sure, yeah, if you want to go in, that's fine. Uh, yeah, go ahead, and he, you know, he tells you where to find it, how to get there, and you are allowed to drive off to, into the airport. Uh, you eventually pull up to a hangar that is closed. I assume that everyone starts filing in,
0: Yes.
1: Yeah, carrying boxes. Okay. Carrying boxes. Yeah, you, you file in, uh, you get the key, and the key unlocks the door, and you are in a pretty decent-sized hangar, classic, w- with a big arched uh, uh, dome for a, a ceiling. And in the middle of it is a Challenger, a white Challenger 605. This is an unmarked private jet. It's not a G5, but perhaps... Uh, for, you know, what the program is offering, this is really actually quite impressive. Uh, You've never really participated in something where they just gave you a plane or access to one, so... uh, (laughs) Nonetheless, with that said, you kind of begin opening up the plane and just checking it. Um, It fits about maybe ten people, but it's like sleeping on a plane, There's really nowhere comfortable to sleep. You can all lie down in the middle of the aisle, but the majority of the inside of the plane is just seats. So you're either going to have to decide who sleeps on the plane and then who else is going to sleep out in the hangar bay.
0: Are there,
5: are there, like, seats, like, in a regular
0: airplane sure. that you can... Yeah, if, like if you wanted back? to
1: try to... Yeah, if you wanted to try to sleep in a chair, you could certainly try to do that.
5: Question, because uh, I vaguely kind of know a little bit, of, like, because I looked at the 605 plane. They have, like, usually, like, one or two, like, those reclining chairs. Are those available?
1: I'll, I'll say that there's at least two of them, yes.
5: All right, I'm snatching one of them, putting, uh, like, I'll put a box. I'm going to be like, this is mine. Put, like, a little blindfold on my eyes and just, like, go back to sleep.
2: Uh, we need to have a watch system set up between the three of us. We each take three shifts. We don't know what's going to happen.
0: I'll take first.
2: I'll take the first.
0: Or I'll take second Fine. Then. Or actually, second. Hyde, you should pick which, which one you take. You're the one flying this thing, so what's the best <laughs> What's the best for you?
4: I'll probably let me get some sleep. Roger. That way, if we need to go sometime in between these two watches, we can...
2: Right. Oh, hide if you like. I can take your shift too.
6: It's fine. It's up to you. I mean, I, I will. I, I can watch Sam.
2: I'd prefer someone with gun clearance.
6: I mean, if I if I hold
2: a gun, it's is that not practiced, Ward?
6: So
4: it's fine, Ward. Thank you.
2: I appreciate it, though. I do.
4: Great. Right.
1: Okay, so Boomer's
5: already snoring, by the way.
1: <laughs> so Agent Warp will assume you take the other reclined seat. Uh, Agent Samael is placed, I assume, on the floor towards the, the back pool. of yeah. the plane.
0: Can we like prop From him sideways side. on one of the seats? Yeah, like so. Just in yeah, case like those something sideways terrible. He
1: needs- happens, sure, sure. He pukes out. Sure, the- he doesn't. Yeah it sounds like Samuel. or excuse me, it sounds like Merit is taking two shifts and Tuck is taking one.
0: Yeah, or, I mean, we can okay. just split them into two, we can just split it into two long watches instead of one, and then you sleep for a couple hours and then one.
1: All right. I'm going to ask that Tuck, Merit, and Hyde, unless Hyde, you decide to sleep in a particularly, uh, good place. You're all going to need... Uh, give me Constitution times five rolls to see if you can get any real rest. I fail with the 61. I succeed. Okay. And Tuck, you said you succeeded?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Agent Samael and Agent Merritt, you are both going to wake up around 7 a.m., exhausted, with minus 20% to all rolls for the day. Agent Semael, you know, eventually, around two, three in the morning, the vision stop coming to you, your body calms down, and you just kind of pass out from from the high. So when you wake up in the morning, your mouth is incredibly dry, you're sore, your head hurts, you're not feeling that great. And First thing...
3: First thing when my eyes kind of loll open, I'm just, like, instinctively patting for my flask in my pocket,
1: and I'll try to cure the dry mouth um, with a couple hits of that. Yeah, you also wake up and realize you're in a plane. Oh,
3: what the fuck?
0: If I'm awake next to him, can I try and stop him from sipping out of his flask?
1: Um, I'll say that he got one sip off, and then you noticed him.
0: Maybe don't mix unknown substances with alcohol, just for our sake, if not for yours.
3: There's no such thing as an unknown substance to me anymore.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. I'm so tired of men.
3: I'm fine. Relax. If anything, I'm better off for it now.
0: Oh, God. I don't even know how to (sighs) even begin discussing this with you and I'm gonna, like, switch his flask for a water bottle if I can. (laughs)
1: Sure. All right, boss lady. Eventually, everyone comes Thank to you. wake up. Um, it's still dark inside the hangar, but everyone is eventually up. It's about seven a.m. What are you doing now?
4: I'm wait. I'm walking out of the the cockpit because I that's where I crashed for the night. I got like some gum in my mouth. Um, now that now that I'm kind of a little bit more alert, I'm gonna start like inspecting the entire like plane. I'm gonna kind of like Google at it a little bit. <laughs> because I know because I know that I'm never really given a plane and it's so nice even though it's like a smaller plane it's just like ooh and then eventually um, I'll get to the left wing of the plane I'll take the gum out of my mouth and I'm going to slap it on the bottom of the wing of the plane I'm going to like admire it for a second and then I'm going to go inside and start prepping the, the plane for, for leaving got it um, I'm going
5: to uh, because Boomer's kind of like waking up uh, just kind of go, like, look at Tuck like a mare. I'd be like, now can someone please tell me why the fuck I had to sleep on a plane last night?
2: We'll have a group discussion later to air out the mistakes that I made, um, and then we will continue for, uh, forward from there. I, I can't give you any information now, but we should probably start on research pertaining to Devil's Night 1984 as soon as we can.
5: Well, if I'm gonna have to get on research, somebody better go get me some motherfucking I'm going, Starbucks. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. <laughs> thank you.
0: I'm making a food run.
5: Jesus Christ, you are the Make worst in the morning. Make it 2 Double-fisted. I'm very aware, Max. Ugh.
6: Mm.
5: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Max?
0: I said man. What? I said man.
5: Okay. <laughs> God, everyone's so jumpy this morning. I'm going to straight up like stare down Warp and be like, "Don't fucking push it."
6: <laughs> Are questions allowed? No. What's Not up before Warp? I
5: give my venti? Okay. Warp, do you want to come with me for
6: coffee? You can ask me questions. Okay. Yeah. Actually. Okay. Um okay so I have a few questions about right. six so what's wrong with the following combinations of people? Um, Merritt, Tuck and you and Sam and I guess himself maybe God? I don't know and why did we leave eight hours early? Does this have anything to do with the people that we killed? Or where are we going? And I guess now also where are we going food wise but I was more talking about the plane
0: Oh man uh as we're like as we're getting in the van and like starting it up and pulling out uh what's wrong with combinations merit tuck i am tuck and me who are you oh. are you th-
6: yeah i was i was reading my notes out loud you i wasn't going to ask you unhide sorry
0: <laughs> unhide uh i don't i don't think there's anything wrong with any combination of any of this group we're learning each other's ticks. we're learning how we work it's only been a couple days There's some strong personalities on several fronts, so we're figuring out how to navigate those. It just takes a
1: little work, Warp. Um, Let's say that you give Warp the lowdown about what kind of happened last night, so we can skip repeating that. Um, Eventually you return with breakfast. The, the drinks and the, and the things that everyone asked for. Agent Hyde, you have done everything you can up until this point, but short of calling in a charter, deciding where you're going, calling it in, and then getting on your way.
4: Last touch is I'm going to pull out a little small photo as a picture of me uh, with Pops and uh, a- another uh, younger dude. It's like my graduation photo. I'm like over neck deep in like Lay's and stuff like that and they're kind of just like laughing I kind of tuck it away in the bottom as like a last thing that I needed to do in my process and then I'll go out and look for uh, Sam-El
1: I'm just sitting Yeah, sam L is there Well, what are, you, what are you up to right now, sam Um, Well,
3: I mean, probably at some point, I once Tuck is gone, I'm going to try to reacquire
1: my flask uh, Yeah, I think it's easy enough to grab yeah, it Yeah,
3: and then I'll just sit there, and then I'll flip open Bible out of my lap um, I'm specifically this morning looking into the Gospel of John, sipping on my flask. And I'm just kind of, like, writhing notes in the margin of the Bible.
4: Um, as I see him, like, take a sip of his flask, I'm gonna, like, flick him in the middle of the forehead. How? And I'm just gonna plop down next to him, uh, and I'm just gonna, uh, just quietly to him ask, How much of last night do you remember?
3: Um, it depends on how you define last night. I had a lot of last nights last night.
4: Yeah, before wherever you decided to venture off to our
1: conversation.
3: Sergio, what do I remember?
1: It's. It's a little cloudy. I mean, you lost three sanity in the experience, so it's certainly not. It's certainly not ex- an experience that was like a typical psychedelic. Th- there was something more to this. And though you're, though you're having a hard time, like really, it- it's almost like a dream where it's, it's coming in and out of, of your recollection. But the, the main thing that sits in your soul is that what you experienced was abnormal and unnatural And you have this sneaking suspicion that those things you saw, they might have been real.
3: Listen, there's something going on. There's something more to that stuff than meets the eye. Um, Listen, I don't, I'm not going to make any apologies for doing what I did. Because now I feel like I have a much better grasp on things and potentially some insights um, into some very pertinent things that I think are only going to benefit us
5: question. Sorry, is Boomer nearby when he's saying this shit, or am I just too far away to hear Uh, this?
1: If you're all on the plane, then you're basically within earshot.
5: Okay, I hear that, and I'm just gonna go ahead, take my shoe off, and throw it at this fucker's head.
0: (laughs) Oh,
5: hell, fuck out of here with that bullshit. Literally, as I say that.
3: I just give a look to him. To, to Boomer. Hugh lives by the shoe, dies by the shoe.
1: <laughs> well, does it does it hit me, first of all?
5: No, a chunklet always hits. Okay. <laughs> always. It's
1: like I I always hit. it, it doesn't cost any, it doesn't, like, hurt you or anything. You no. certainly get one, you know, in the in the chest. It's, it, well, hurts your soul.
0: I just, it sends a yeah, message. Yeah, I take it, and
3: I'll just kind of, I won't even look up at her, I'll just take another sip and say, I forgive you. <laughs> <laughs>
4: God. <laughs> As he does that, I just want to lean in like closer and try to be a little bit more quiet to keep my voice from being heard by anybody else. And I, I look at him and it's like, I don't want your apology, but uh, you owe me.
3: I owe you what?
4: All right. For not leaving you behind in the, in the hotel room? Because that was an okay. option last night. Yeah. Among yeah. other things, all right?
3: I knew what you I was risking, me. but
4: okay. sure. And you owe me. Fine. And then I'll get up walk out into the hangar.
1: The time has come and gone uh, for breakfast, for prepping the plane. A decision needs to be made. What's next? Have we actually...
5: I'm sorry, uh, did we... uh, How far along that time span did we get in the research? Because I know I was definitely doing some stuff.
1: If you have, it hasn't been more than an hour or so.
5: So you guys got what you wanted. Where do you want to go now? Are we sticking around Michigan and just researching on the plane or are
0: we
3: Sergio last time I did um, I read a little bit about Club Apocalypse Mm -hmm. Um, have I read how much of these files have I had uh, these Detroit files have I had enough of a chance to look through
1: it's been, you know, a page here and there. Um, it, it it requires your attention. It requires you taking notes. It requires more than just the occasional glance. Have I seen um, so.
3: Have I seen anything in the Detroit files um, that points to towards New York? Not yet. Okay. No. Then I will I will remain silent.
0: So these files are based around Detroit. So do we want to stick here and see if there's anything we can glean in a day, or do we want to? Go somewhere else.
5: All right. Uh, I think we just need a. Okay. All right. That's it. Okay. So I'm going to say this. Let's just... We're going to stay on this damn plane. We're going to look over Detroit. That's what we're focusing on today. Because I swear to God, if we get on a plane and we end up in New York, Chicago, New Orleans, and then we have to end up back in Detroit, I'm going to kill all of you. So let's go ahead, crack open this Detroit file, figure if we need to stay, and if not... We'll go somewhere else. I my vote, New Orleans. Cause I need a drink. All right, man. They already shut down Vegas. I don't know what the the South is all open, right? Unfortunately. There we go. <laughs> Alright, let's
0: let's crack into this case then. Thank you. Everyone take a few pages.
3: I just yeah. I start I start passing out bits of it as I see fit. Okay.
1: So, sounds like everyone is participating in the research. You guys are going to take your time hanging out in this hangar. Some of you are just sitting on the plane. Some of you are maybe going out and stretching inside the hangar. We'll say that eventually Agent Hyde opens the, the hangar bay door and lets in some fresh air. It's a, it's a crisp morning. It's, it's like 59 degrees, and you all just kind of start reading the pages that are available to you. This report is classified Delta Green Eyes only, and aimed at presenting an overall picture of the illegal activities of an organized criminal element in Detroit that has come to be known as The Network. During the months of August, September, and October, and October 1984, 1984, the Detroit, the Detroit office, office of
3: the of DEA and FBI, FBI conducted an audit conducted of local gangs' financial books, gains. books out of interviews and uncovered financial records. The audit found a disturbing pattern of mid-level employees, dealers, vanishing without a trace. A common factor seems to be involvement with a hallucinogen called Reverb, a drug that does not seem to be part of the gang's usual activities. The lead agent assigned to this investigation is Special Agent Casey Shaw, a 56-year-old veteran with the group. He leads F-Cell as
1: Agent Fluke. It's Friday, October 25th, 1984. Agent Fluke. You are wandering through Central Park in New York City. As instructed, you are carrying an empty briefcase. There's a bench that's isolated from the crowds and you recognize your case handler, Agent Charlie. On the books, Charlie is part of the FBI's Organized Crime Division in New York, but you know he's also part of the group. He's young, no older than 26, but he's tall, thin, and gawky with a slender face and shaggy hair his blue eyes are hidden behind thick framed glasses even wearing a suit and tie he projects a kind of gracelessness as you walk up to him you wonder for a moment how a young punk like him managed to get so quickly uh, above you in rank within the group but then you remember he's ambitious something that you never really were he notices you approaching, and he fidgets uncomfortably in his seat, clasping a briefcase identical to yours. Agent? Agent Fluke, lovely weather we're having.
3: Uh, it's not bad, I suppose.
1: Um, he kind of, like, suddenly drops his shoulders. He's like, I'm, like, so nervous. I, I don't know how you people do this spy shit all the time. I, I, there's, like, butterflies in my stomach.
3: You learn to cope with it. There's no secret, and you just gotta breathe.
1: Okay. Um, well, as you suspect, there's an assignment. It's in Detroit again. Before you get upset, Mm. we think that there's a connection to what we've been finding here in town.
3: Well, if you don't want me to get upset, that's not a
1: great way to lead off. Look, from what I understand, there might be something more substantial this time, okay? Um... There's not going to be a dead end i i I, I feel it this time, all right well, if you read the dossier it'll make more sense once you read it okay, Pass over what you got um do I just hand it to you or you tell me mr c cell'm I'm, I'm going to put it down on the ground and then, and then you grab it okay and he oh, does,
3: oh fine, hand it over, damn it, come on i don't have time for this shit
1: yeah, he, he awkwardly puts his briefcase down, you grab it, and then he goes to grab your briefcase and he says uh Listen, if, you, if you've got questions, call me. Um, I, I guess there's only so much I can do from this distance, but I'll, I'll help where I can, okay?
3: will <laughs> let you know if I need anything. can't imagine that I will. All right. Well,
1: do I walk away or do you? You walk away. I want to sit here for a second. Okay. Um, all right, I'm walking away now. And he...
3: Good. Damn, go!
1: What are you up fucking up waiting for? Begins to Get kind of trot away. Fucking
3: kid. Okay, well, I'll, I'll pick up the briefcase. I'll just kind of set it down on my lap. I'll look and I'll wait till he's well out of eyesight, and I'll just kind of <sighs> fuck. I'll slap the briefcase and I'll stand up and I'll start making for whatever, um, wherever it is I need to go to get my my fucking ass to Detroit.
1: Okay. Um, so you're saying that you're reading documents there in in the uh, in the park, or are you? Going no,
3: to I'm read? definitely not reading them in the park. Okay. Um I mean, he he mentioned Detroit. Yep. I'm going to go make whatever accommodations I need to get to Detroit, and while I'm either in transit or waiting to get into transit, I will, I will pop the briefcase open okay. in a location as far away from Pryne eyes as I can get, and I will start digesting whatever information is available to me.
1: Yeah. It takes a little while just to kind of read what you have there, but you get the idea.
3: So with that, you know, I understand that uh, having some knowledge of, this, of how this structure works... The first thing I'll do is I will um, (laughs) contact the other C-Cell agents. Uh, You mean um, the F-Cell agents? F-Cell agents, I'm sorry. uh, Excuse me. um, And I will reach out to them. And I'll just tell them, um, how do pagers work? Is it like text or is it just like, I I honestly don't know how a pager works. (laughs) It depends. So like
2: some pagers were advanced enough that they would show text, but most of them just told you what number was trying to reach you. And then you'd go find a phone to call it. Um,
3: I will page the F cell agents. Um, and I will just instruct them that I am on my way to Detroit. And I expect to see their faces there um, within the next
1: forty-eight hours. You eventually get on a plane and take your uh, take your flight to Detroit. Agent Frost, where are you, and what are you up to when you get this message?
5: I am right now. I'm actually I'm writing a letter, kind of just like I'm at a, I'm just like at my uh, home at a desk writing probably front and back on the fourth page to uh, someone at the top where I write Ryan.
1: Yeah, and and while you're doing that, you receive a page on your pager, check the number, you get in contact, and you find out you need to get to Detroit ASAP.
5: Uh, I should note that I've had, like, a mountain of cigarettes near me, so I'm going to, like, put out my cigarette. try to scribble. Even though I have to get there, I'm just gonna wrap it up really fast, sign it, put an envelope, and oh. I'm gonna go ahead and get my shit together.
1: Okay, uh, you, you want to mail that uh, envelope yeah, before yeah. you Assume leave? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm
5: gonna go to like one of those posts that's like on the corners because they're around then, I guess.
1: Yeah, you yep. you, you drop off the letter yep. and then you head to the airport. Both Agent Frost and Agent Fluke, you meet at the airport as you are in baggage claim.
3: Um. Excuse me, young lady, uh, have you come into town for the opera tonight?
5: Yep. That's what I'm here for.
3: Okay. Understood. Follow me.
1: You both jump into a cab, and Agent uh, Fluke, where do you want to head in Detroit? I
3: have looked, and I'm using the resources available uh, to me via the FBI, whatever resources um, the program has cobbled together. I have located an abandoned house, a desolate suburb of... uh, of Detroit. Um, I have passed that address out to the other agents. I have told them to meet me there as soon as possible.
1: Okay, so Agent Frog, you are at police headquarters. You are in the middle of work and you get a page from a familiar number and when you check, it is the group contacting you and you are being told to meet somewhere in Detroit.
6: Okay. Um, I'm going to I think, shut everything down. Like, I guess wait as long as it takes to shut everything down um, and then peel off as quick as I can
1: down the street. Oliver, you are... What, what are you up to when you receive the, uh, the page?
2: I think that I've been looking into the disappearances of some missing mid-level gang members within the city. I, I've gotten some wind to the idea that some dealers are going missing throughout the edges of Detroit, you know, the, the tougher areas. And I think I'm probably in my car outside of one of those areas after an interview going over notes that I have over uh, everything I had gone
1: through with. Okay. You, you get the page... You confirm the number. It's that group that has contacted you before. It's been a long time, but they're messaging Mm you. They're telling you to meet them somewhere in an abandoned neighborhood. Yeah, I I look down and I think that
2: Oliver has memorized that number because he's only seen it once before, but it meant a whole lot when he did. And so he takes this big, deep breath and then throws his head to the back of the seat uh, in, in the front
1: seat there and groans before putting it off and, and driving immediately to the house Rose what are you up to when you receive the message
0: I have about four different books open in front of me on on a desk and one of them has to do with like cult like religious cults and how they how they get their following it, it's just like a kind of like a general overview of like cultery if that's okay it's a word? I don't know I'm saying culture a, cultury. Cultury. Yeah. a cult yeah of cultism. And one of them is on the civil rights movement. One of them's on um, like some kind of poverty. They're all books I've read before. It's just kind of a a refresh for me.
3: Just rereading.
0: Yeah, just rereading, you know, light, light, fun reading. And then once I get the page, I'll kind of take a deep breath and close on my books and put them in my in my backpack and then kind of dig around in the side pocket and make sure that my switchblade's in there and find it and zip up my backpack, sling it on, and head for whatever the location is. It's
1: a little after lunch. It's about 12.45. And you all find yourselves in a northern neighborhood in Detroit. Everywhere along the streets, there is Halloween decorations. There are witches, paper mache witches in the windows, and paper skeletons, and pumpkins, and it feels like fall. It's certainly about as cold as fall should be in Detroit. And you all eventually make your way to this northern neighborhood where large swaths of it are empty, gutted homes. Some of them look like they were probably once very nice, but they are empty, blown out, Walls missing, pieces missing. And you pull up to one of these homes. A large portion of kind of the back part of it has been just torn out and kind of approaching. You all eventually notice that standing within this building are two individuals, um, Agent Fluke and Frost. Please describe what you guys look like.
3: Um, Agent Fluke. Tall and spindly, about six feet tall. He has kind of like this wiry, slicked back to the kind of up into the side gray hair. Um, he has kind of like a like a stubbly, coarse face. His skin is kind of starting to wrinkle a little bit. Looks like he's uh, probably been doing a lot of smoking throughout his life. He just kind of looks like this this tall, wiry, um, weathered old man. Looks to be in his in his late fifties.
5: Agent Frost is a. Uh just a little bit she's actually quite tall about like 5'10 she's just a little bit shorter than Fluke athletically built like you could tell she's definitely strong she's gotten training you can see under her uh, shirt you will you will see a a bulletproof vest you'll see that she's already locked and loaded to go hair is uh, I would say is tied back uh, her like her jet black hair tied back into like a French braid to keep out of the face and to make sure nothing gets in her way Uh, She has sunglasses on top of her head. And I would say she definitely already has a lit cigarette in her mouth. And you can definitely see uh, her weapon on her side belt.
1: So approaching up next is Agent Frog and Oliver. Could you guys please describe what you look like?
6: Okay. Yeah. So Agent Frog is um, like average height height. Definitely a little swole. She's got a like a black pantsuit with a navy collared shirt and the like issued windbreaker. Um, and she has a perm. Yeah. It's, it's like a, yeah. It doesn't go out too far. We're talking maybe like three inches out, but it's soul glow, full perm. Yeah, um, higher to the hair, closer to God right there. <laughs> She's got um, some, like, little smaller hoops than, than, like, the normal circumference of hoop, I suppose.
2: Oliver is about six feet tall. He's got a wiry frame. He's got a pretty unassuming stature. He's not going to win any contests of strengths, but he is pretty toned. He's attractive, but in an intellectual way that would exclude him from being conventionally attractive. Um, he uh, has some long facial features with a strong nose and a chin. He has a diagonal scar uh, along his left jaw. Uh, It's very small, but it is noticeable. He wears a pile lined brown leather jacket over a Detroit Tigers World Series t-shirt that's been tucked into a pair of high waist acid wash denim jeans that have been rolled at the cuff line to show off some white tube socks over some high top Reebok sneakers. Uh, He has a Ramsey blue tartan scarf that goes over the jacket. A single studded earring is in his right ear. And then uh, uh, (laughs) he... Oh, and then he's got this cigarette uh, case that sits in the pocket of his his front jacket. And it's uh,
1: inscribed with his initials. The four of you meet in this abandoned home.
3: Well, thanks for uh, coming on such short notice, and I... Suppose. Congratulations on the World Series. That's got to be really exciting. I don't know if you're a sports fan or.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. It was uh, absolutely. That's why I wore the short. Uh, but the shirt is really just uh, talking more about the riots. Uh, pretty yeah. incredible that that thing could happen in the, in the same night. Uh, uh, you could see the smokes from the, the the car over over ahead of the stadium as you were watching the game. It was pretty Fuck. interesting.
3: Wow. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Glad I wasn't around to hear that. Jeez. Yeah,
2: it's how we celebrate in this city. Damn. <laughs> you know, we okay. win and we turn over cars, right? Yeah, it's,
6: it's only fun for some people. <laughs>
1: I yes. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure. This kind of awkward hellos for the first times of not seeing each other for some you know, for some of you, it's been maybe a year, year and a half. And then Rose shows up. Rose, could you please describe what you look like?
0: Uh, yes. Rose is pretty petite. Like barely over five feet tall. She looks like a person who has spent her life wandering the stacks. Her black hair is kind of shot through with gray even though she looks pretty young, like maybe mid to late 30s. And she keeps it tied up in a top knot with a scrunchie but kind of wisps around her face are constantly falling out. She has some lace-up black calso shoes, high-waisted khaki pants, a high-collared white button-up, and the only splash of color she wears is a chunky, deep purple cardigan. She has Huge wireframe glasses that are constantly slipping down her nose. Um, silver, like small silver hoop earrings and a, and a brown Jansport backpack.
1: Rose steps into the abandoned home and Agent Fluke, you now know that everyone that you need here is here.
3: So, you know, I'm assuming there's not much in the way of furniture in this building, so I'm assuming we're all kind of just standing in like an awkward, loose circle. And I'll just say, well, um, God, like I said, thanks for coming. Um, forgive me because I'm not I don't really like uh, I don't really like doing this uh, to be perfectly honest with you, and I you know, frequently find myself at a loss for words when I'm trying to describe these kinds of situations. Um, needless to say, there has been a resurgence of something unusual in the city. Um, related to a um, certain psychotropic substance that has been identified uh, to have recently um, resurfaced in Detroit um, regarding um, a DEA and FBI investigation um, that has been happening recently. Um, And we suspect that there is more um, to this drug than meets the eye. And I don't necessarily want to say anything more than that in mixed company. Um, But I'm assuming um, at this point we've all heard a little bit about a substance uh, sold on the street by the name of Reverb. Um, Is anybody not familiar with that situation? I'm going to take that as a no. Um, Mr. Lake, um, I understand you've been um, investigating uh, the recent situation in some way, shape, or form.
2: Uh, yeah, I was tipped off to a situation uh, in amongst a lot of the gangs within Detroit. There's been a serious situation about them going missing. Uh, some of their dealers uh, at the ground level have been uh, just w- wiped off the face of the fucking planet. It's it's unimaginable. Um, but I'm trying to find some sort of answer to it. Yeah, you're right. Excellent. Can I can I step out for a second? I, um. I just needed get a deep breath. This is... bringing up some stuff, you know?
3: Sure. I, yeah, I think you... I, sure, you're mostly here to provide information. Um, I don't... Sure. Take, take your yeah, breath. Yeah,
2: I'll, I'll be right back.
3: Okay, gotcha. Um, and Agent Frog, I understand you have an investigation, are the underway um, with the DEA and the FBI Behavioral Science Unit, is that correct?
6: Uh, yeah. I mean, we're... It's a pretty small team, but we've got a... Somewhat established investigation going. It was actually, I mean, it wasn't me exactly. It was our accountant that sort of discovered a lot of the, the financial clues that have sort of led us to these disappearing dealers. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's all right. I didn't think it would be this much of a problem, but clearly it's something else.
3: Hmm. Okay. Well. Raise my hand um, really
6: quick. Okay.
3: Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Miss (laughs) Frost.
5: First up, great job, support. Um, Are there going to be any more details in this situation report? Or is.
3: All information will be dispensed on a need to know basis. Hi. And I will dispense it as it needs to be known. Does that make sense? This
2: time he comes back in looking a little bit brighter. You good? Yeah, I just needed a moment.
5: I'm going to extend over a cigarette to him, see if he needs it.
2: I, I take it almost immediately. I, I I I supposed to have quit, but hey, <laughs> fuck this, right? Do you have of a course. lighter? And I light up right there in front of him. And I take a few steps back out of courtesy, but I, I start smoking as fluke goes through it. It's the
5: 80s, you smoke right there.
3: <laughs> Rose, uh, Miss Alvarado, um, would you like to... Would you like to, do you, do you have any pertinent information to the situation that I have just um, laid out? Well, the or... only situation you've
0: laid out is that Reverb is back. That's not really a situation so much as a status quo.
3: And what do you know about that? you say status
1: quo, have you seen this regularly?
0: Well, it's, it's, it's. Sergio, it's been a it's been a thing in Detroit for for a while.
1: Well, certainly drug abuse has uh, the gangs largely run off of uh, drugs. the The drug itself, Reverb, is pretty new. It's it, it, when he says it's back, it, he really means it's more in in, in the the group that he is associated with his history. But this is uh, the, kind okay. of the first time you're really knowing anything about Reverb. With that said, um, you know you you probably feel that you would. ...best be suited speaking to the community that you are very closely tied with.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, drugs have been an issue in Detroit. I mean, it's it's Detroit. But... yeah. We're, so if I
3: wanted you to name any potential names... ...or potentially follow up on some leads with those names... ...you might have...
0: Um, I might have some contacts. You
3: might be a point of contact.
0: There's a possibility
3: good um well
0: what exactly is reverb i have i've gathered it's a drug and that it's a psychotropic as you said and that it's a big enough issue for
3: all you gotta know one is the name okay two it's a psychedelic drug and three don't touch it no matter what you do don't Wait, touch quick it. Quick
5: question. Are we talking liquid, powder? Uh, how, how, do you, how does one consume this?
3: My understanding is it comes in um, the form of pads and pills. pills.
5: Okay. Is there a, sorry. I just want to make sure I clear. Is it like a particular gang that we're looking for or is it a group or is it
1: like a network? Agent Frog, you are the closest to the investigation. You would know that it seems like when you look at the books and you look at the numbers, it's mostly, there, is, there are many gangs in Detroit, but there is a gang known as the Errol Flynns. They are known as the Errol Flins because they often wear very flashy clothing, uh, like those old-time movie stars, but that most of the pushers that have disappeared are related to that gang in particular.
6: So, generally, anyone that can get their hands on it is gonna push it. Doesn't really matter. But the Errol Flynn's, sort of fancy, pretty boys. They've pretty. Robin bo- Hood. Sorry. Robin Hood.
5: No movie yeah. buffs here. Robin Hood.
2: No, yeah, oh, Errol God. Flynn. Yeah, but it, they're mostly naming themselves Errol Flynn's because he had a reputation for fucking. No. So, but I, you know, I don't. <laughs> yeah, Robin That's Hood. Where you right. your brain
5: went. Sorry. Continue. That's all right.
6: It's I was just gonna say it's 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 crack that bites back it's it's regular with a little bit of an extra push at the end but um it's it's mostly them I would say you could ask anybody and they'll tell you whatever they know too but if you find them that's better
0: can I ask a question yes ma'am why is this important I mean I've only ever met y'all when uh (laughs) when there were certain inexplicable details uh to certain cases and certain things that happened. If this is a regular run-of-the-mill drug,
3: it's, why are y'all here? Um, <laughs> well, I think needless to say, it's not a regular um, run-of-the-mill drug. Um, and do you remember, let's just say it has to do potentially with a certain um, document from Detroit University. Do you understand my meaning? I do. Uh, good
0: is that certain text available to me
3: as a researcher mm, well uh, you translated it for me I so didn't. I'd assume you'd have a copy
0: you took my copy might I have it back
3: Sergio would that be something that I would like be hesitant to give like back to her yes I'll, I'll just tell her listen just know that there's something, there's something strange going on um, I'm not giving you back that book but certainly you have a pretty good memory and you can use that as a well of information, I'm sure.
0: Well, I'll be more help with specifics. If I can give you specifics, I can give you more information and more direction.
3: Listen, when we have a lead that you're relevant for, you're going to be called upon to help us find and execute on that lead. Other than that, I've really told you everything that I can say. Just keep your pager on and get ready to jump when whenever you're called. And that same, that same thing goes for you, Mr. Lake.
2: Yeah, I just... Uh, I'm trying to understand how I'm supposed to help you do something if I don't know all the facts. But I'm, I'm gonna do my best to help you like I did, but... Um, yeah, yeah, I got you.
3: Your we point of contact and a source of information. Um... we'll like I said, I just want you to keep your pager on and I just want you to be ready to rally at the moment's notice. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. Look, you, you know how I work, so we'll get that done.
3: Good.
1: Thank you. Um, the two friendlies, Rose and Oliver, leave the uh, the abandoned home.
5: I'm going to wave as they like in a friendly gesture. Be like, as say leave.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, they they walk away and you now feel that you are alone with F-Cell
3: so I'll, I'll allow kind of the dust to settle from the door being slammed shut and make sure that you know I'm I'm careful to kind of keep my voice down and um, I'll just tell everybody listen that shit in the sewers of New York all that cultist bullshit or you know whatever the fuck it is that I still honestly don't really understand it's here in Detroit. No, 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 no. And we're finally... Listen, this comes straight from the top. This is our... This is our opportunity uh, to get to the bottom of of this thing. Um, this is the opportunity to look into this plant that the drug is synthesized from. This is our opportunity um, to figure out what's going on with those... Yeah, whatever they... Undead... Necrophage, you know, whatever you want to call them. Um, this is a, this is a unique opportunity and, and we need to be, we need to be thorough here. That said, um, I would like us to start um, by following up with um, the DEA and the FBI. I would like us to go speak um, with some of agents, frog's, uh, uh, agent frogs lead agent, frogs leads specifically uh, yeah. Chun T Wu and a Miss Constance um, I think that that is our, our I think that's our starting point no that's point. fine I can touch in
6: with them um, now we had a Good. I see we're in our secret meeting which is very cool um, but if th- those two were as helpful as they were last time is there anything specific we shouldn't talk about because I as far as I'm concerned they're part of the team yes
3: all that they need to know is that there is a drug out on the streets called reverb that we're interested in and all you don't need to give them Mm -hmm. any information they're a source of information not a repository for it does that does that track we use them to follow up leads we use them to talk to people and we use them for their local knowledge and nothing else
5: may i ask just for the sake of preparedness is this also a cleanup with them as well?
3: There's always that possibility, yes.
6: no when you say cleanup... Holy shit. hell.
5: Girl, you know what I...
6: I,
3: I mean, put a bullet in their head and ditch Jesus, their body in the leg. Is I that what understand. you want to hear? I understand.
6: I mean, you guys get to leave is what I'm saying. This, I live down the street. Like, can we be considerate is all I'm asking. I don't necessarily... Well, it's gonna be listen... I,
3: I don't think it's going to become necessary, and I, you know, listen, this is, I don't got lawn left in the game, I would like for this to go cleanly, but if push comes to shove, none of this information can be leaked out to the public, does that make sense? I understand. And if that means a local journalist and a librarian that no one's going to miss disappears, then that's just what we gotta fucking do.
6: Well, its it's not your squad that's escorting their funerals, just keep that in mind.
3: Well, it's plan, call it plan D <laughs> Don't,
5: I, I wouldn't Don't, I wouldn't stress about You know what, we're, I, that's just me You know me, I always have plans A through D in my brain That's not even plan A right now at the moment So don't. You, you don't have to worry about it It's all good
3: That said, we need to decide If we are bringing these two individuals Along with us or if we are only calling them in As necessary My inclination is towards the latter Otherwise, we might potentially... To
5: minimize the risk, I say, let's go ahead and let's do what we do best. Let's, let's go ahead and find Chanti Wu and Constance. Let's go ahead and just go from there. And then uh, if we need to proceed a little further, then we will go ahead and ask for assistance. But to make everything so Frog doesn't feel like we're stomping on her turf, let's just go ahead and just try to do as much as we can without endangering
6: uh, the friendlies.
3: And think about it this way. The less they know and the less they're involved, the less likely that this becomes right. a cleaning mission. How about yes. that?
6: I mean, I mean, my team, they're not a risk. It's just we'll go into the office to talk to some people. They could come. Also, we are dangling a carrot of secrets in front of a professional snoop. So that I feel like that's going to that backfire.
3: That's a good point. No, you're exactly right. We probably need to keep an eye on him anyway. All right. Well, I mean, we'll... Fuck, lock them in the back of the car or whatever, for all I care.
1: So um. the problem is, is that as you are discussing this, um, there's a good chance that the friendlies have left in their cars. So you'll probably just have to let them know where you want to meet them. With that said, let's go back in time a little bit. Um, Rose and Oliver, you guys are walking away from the house.
0: First quick question is there any chance that Rose s- could sneak around to the side and try and hear more information?
1: Yeah. Uh, yes, you can. Um, you would need to make a uh, stealth roll.
0: Um. Uh,
1: I believe it's yeah, it's stealth.
0: Oh boy, do I only have a ten percent in that?
1: Do you want to? Do you want to try it or no?
0: oh man Will she do it oh it's such a it's such a choice because i know there's a (laughs) chance that i'll get killed now but rose would okay i'm staying true to what my character would would do do? which is absolutely she would do it rose would absolutely fuck try and find more information she's a fucking huge ass nerd they just like gave her half information of course she's gonna go. go okay yeah okay yep
2: do I do I see this? I oh, yeah. imagine I came you, you, out. You're you're, and you're Rose...
1: walking, and all of a sudden, Rose stops and is now trying to stealthily walk back up to the uh, the home. Immediately, I go, Rose. What the fuck are you doing? <gasps> I
0: succeed. I got oh a floor. Oh my god. god. I, I'm just gonna go. Ali, sh- shut the fuck up for a second. Rose, what are you doing? Just go to the car. I'll tell you.
1: Oliver, while you head back to the car. You're probably standing in the uh, the sidewalk just kind of watching her. Rose, you are able to get close enough and I will say, without the agents knowing, you overhear the majority of their conversation. What are the odds that any yes. of us catches
3: her like in the window or something?
1: I will allow you all to make alertness <laughs> checks, but you're going to be at minus 20% as you are in the oh. middle of a important briefing.
6: Yes, I succeed! Ooh, Failed. I succeed!
1: Nine. 46. Wow. Oh, fuck. So, but, you know, getting towards the end of the conversation, you, the two of you, the two ladies, the two uh, Frog and Frost, you hear something.
0: It's probably the scratching of my pencil in my notebook.
5: <laughs> okay. Um, do we hear or do we see her? I'm so
1: sorry. You currently hear something. It sounds like there's somebody outside the home. Um around the corner where you cannot okay, see them I, right I now. Okay, I would
5: definitely get very alert. I'd be like, I would like sh- like do that quiet, like sh- and then nod towards the noise. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do some hand motion signals and kind of dictate um, to uh, go to like, sorry, for Frog to go to the left, I'm going to go ahead and try to go around.
1: Okay. Um, if I do this, sh- can I run? <laughs> Here's what I'll say. Uh, You can roll me an alertness check, uh, Rose, and Mm -hmm. I need the other folks to roll me a stealth check if you are attempting to kind of get the jump on whoever is here.
3: I'm just going to go look at... While they're doing that, you know, I'm the trust the young folk to go deal with that, and I'm just going to go look out the window.
6: Failed stealth. I succeed the fuck out of (laughs) here! Yes! (laughs) I don't... Just barely... I failed with 45.
0: (laughs) Wait, I... I hit if I hit my if I hit my mark I succeed.
5: This
1: is right? a success. Just, yeah. okay, then I succeed. <laughs> so, uh, Rose hears the conversation stop, and then the, the sound of of fo- footsteps on wood, and she just books it. With that said, I will say that the two agents, Frog and Frost, you eventually kind of go around the sides, and you see that the two. The two friendlies have not left yet. Yeah. They're they're like by their car. They're they're both together, kind of walking closer to the cars.
5: I'm gonna approach them. Be like, hey, hey, be chill, be chill. Be chill. Huh. Is it? I was about to say. I'm. Uh, I was gonna wrong. say. Do you mind holding back for a second? I gotta ask, Uh, just want to talk to you for a sec. Sure. Yeah. Is there new information that we get? Do I do I do? Can I sense anything off of them?
1: <laughs> I mean, they're friendlies can't. who barely know you, and every time they're involved with you, there's something oh, weird going can't. on. So yeah, like they're certainly like awkward. No, I mean, am I
5: picking up anything? My...
1: You 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 okay. didn't see them. Darn
2: okay. it!
5: Okay, be like, we actually may need you guys for a second. Uh, yeah. Oh great.
2: Right. Yeah. You're yep. Agent Frost, right?
5: Like the snowman. Okay. Oliver and snowman. Rose, right? Yeah,
2: just like this snowman. Yes. Yeah, you really? can call me Ollie if you like. Oh, that's actually nice. Rose so, Agent <laughs>
1: Frog and Agent Fluke make their way out of the home and they have joined you all in the street.
5: Ollie and Rose want to uh, join us. Fun, right? Yeah.
3: Good. Sit in the back of the car.
2: I'm sorry? Uh, w- right. where are we off to? Could I get some information? No, just so I, I don't feel can. like I'm trapped in a box. We're going you can't to get my office. information.
6: We're gonna talk to some of my team.
2: You all just told me to leave.
3: Well we Change changed our, our mind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Getting whiplash. Right.
2: Right. Right. That's just the way it goes, right?
3: Okay. Right. Get in the damn car.
0: Could I drive myself? No. Why not?
3: I, I kind of so.
2: elbow rose. <laughs> Excuse me, uh, Mrs. Alvarado. Uh, we should probably get in the car. I've met these people before. As have I. <laughs> Well, then you already know. <laughs> I like Agent Fluke, but he's kind of an ass, huh?
0: <laughs> that's. I will say that's
5: true. You know we know. <laughs> we know.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm just playing around. This is- I'm not yeah, disagreeing you with you. I'm get getting in the, in the damn car. car. It's and I'm
5: going to put my exactly. hand subtly on my uh, pistol that's on my waist, and be like, "Just get in the car." All
0: right. <laughs> yeah, no, my, hand's been, my like. hand's
3: been on the gun this whole time.
0: It's, it's, I, feel like I believe we're being threatened. Right. we best get in the car.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. The team jumps into the car, and you guys drive off. And it is a very silent and awkward drive into uh, downtown Detroit.
0: Is there anyone in the back of the car with Ollie? I mean, there's oh, probably maybe. at
1: least one agent, yes. Fluke okay. and
6: Froster are together in the front.
0: I'm probably writing bitch because I'm tiny.
6: Then I will not do what I was going to do. Never mind.
2: Frog, uh, you're from Detroit. Uh,
6: yeah, yeah. I'm, this is, I mean, yeah, I'm from right around
2: here, actually. Native? You're born here? Yeah. That's good.
6: Yeah, it is good. good. I know you too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, don't be nervous. I understand the two people just, you know, threatened to to shoot you a little bit, just kind of for fun. but It's not going to be that kind of party, I promise.
1: As
2: long as you're from Detroit, I'm good.
6: <laughs> I will try to hold on
2: to
1: that. Me too. Eventually, you pull up to the police headquarters of Detroit. It's a square building, but the architecture is actually pretty. It's 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 well designed, and in fact, you. You know, those of you who live here know this, but some of you who don't frequent Detroit, you know, it's a city that has had a long economic decline, but there is a lot of beautiful architecture, a lot of beautiful buildings that you drive by. As you are driving uh, towards the headquarters, in fact, you see the famous Cadillac Detroit Hotel, um, and it is... In the process of closing, you literally see the doors, uh, you know, uh, big pieces of wood kind of being put over the doors as they close it up. You've heard it's just for renovations, but then again, it usually begins with renovations, then it becomes something else, and before you know it, nobody's living in that property oh, anymore. It's
5: kind of sad, as I point to the building. Huh. You,
1: you get used to it. it. happens all over the city.
5: Uh, that is depressing.
1: You get to the headquarters. Uh, police headquarters is busy. It's, there's a lot of uh, officers and investigators and folks in handcuffs coming in and out of the building. It is kind of dressed up for Halloween. The same kind of decorations you see outside are inside with spider cobwebs and stuff like that. But that doesn't stop the busyness of the, of the Detroit police headquarters. Agent Frog takes you to the third floor uh, and into her private office.
6: Alright, um, I just start yelling as soon as we get in there. Uh, Wu, Constance, we got company. We gotta talk about
1: some stuff. After a few moments, the first one to arrive is a small-framed Asian man. He has a thick mustache and big square uh, uh, glasses. And he comes in and says, uh, Agent Bluth, hey, uh, hi everyone. Uh, my name's, uh, Chunte Wu. Y- you can just call me Agent Wu and he extends his hand out to everyone. Um, I don't shake it.
5: I do. I go in very politely and shake it very nice and firm.
1: I shake his hand to Oliver. Rose. Eventually, uh, just a a beat after him, enters a well-dressed, handsome, and by handsome, I mean an attractive woman, brunette. She's about 5'5", athletic build, but is kind of getting up there in age, Her name is Deborah Constance. She introduces herself. She's got a strong handshake. She seems like a very intelligent woman. And she introduces herself as uh, part of the behavioral science unit uh, of the FBI. And in her introduction, you know, kind of very professionally, she mentions that she's been part of the violence and rape cases in Detroit and trying to kind of lend a hand uh, in that department.
3: Well, good for you. But listen, um, we're very we're here to talk to you today about um, we understand that there's been um, quite a high volume of local drug pushers that have gone missing lately. Um, and well, let's just say that um, we have a higher investigation that we're looking into, and we would like to um, gather any information from you about any information that you have about those pushers disappearance.
1: Agent uh, Constance uh, kind of straightens up and says, oh, good, well, any help that we can get would be uh, appreciated in this. I think uh, Agent Wu is more educated on the topic, and, uh... Agent Wu begins speaking, and he says, well, uh... I'm not sure what you know or what you don't know, but, um... Assume we know nothing. With Agent Bluth's help, we have, um figured out that uh, there is a gang, one of many, uh, named the Arrow Flins, who many of their pushers are disappearing. Uh, we look through a lot of their records and such. Um, at this point, we haven't really been able to gather any evidence, as we've literally kind of just discovered this. Uh, but, um, we suppose getting some, some actual evidence of the drug would help. It's called Reverb. And, um... Talking to the pushers would be good. I think there's probably got to be some still around. You haven't hauled any in. Oh, I'm I'm just an accountant. I don't do that. I know you individually
3: have not, but the agency hasn't. The FBI hasn't. The local law enforcement hasn't hauled any in.
1: Uh, to be honest with you, uh, any resources that have been allocated to this study are kind of at a minimal. Um. It seems like they've got bigger priorities. If you notice all this hustling, and bustling, it's well, we're about four or five days away from Devil's Night. Uh, ever heard of it? I can't
3: say that I have. Assume that I'm completely
1: ignorant.
0: It happens every year.
3: Okay. You.
1: Well, uh, the point is, isn't that in four or five days we're probably going to have a whole lot of fires going on? It's just this mischief oh. night that I don't know. It's been around for a long time. You mean like no, riots? True, sort night. of.
5: It's kind of like kids. Well, the idea comes like from... doing stupid shit. Yeah. You guys never did that before Halloween?
1: I grew
2: up in Detroit, so I've absolutely done Can't it. Can't <laughs> say. This guy I, knows what I'm
5: talking about.
0: It's Most huge much around here.
2: Uh, it, I don't know. It's, it's treated the same way that they treat, uh, I don't know, the Day of the Dead in Mexico. It's, it's something um, of a tradition in Detroit where you just try and cause as much of a shit storm as you can.
5: Jesus, we just threw fucking eggs
2: yeah well when the city's burning you like to make it literal
0: to the natural park. anyway
3: do you have any suggestions as to where if say we were interested in speaking um, or shall we say acquiring one of these pushers well I, I we don't look?
2: know what your FBI has and I know I'm probably not the one that should be speaking on this I know you brought me along as a, a sort of uh, escort but uh, I have somebody if you're interested
3: Love yeah, to meet
2: him. Uh, He's a pusher? Uh, of sorts. Uh, Supplier? Just an insider with the Pony Down Gang. It's the person I've been talking to, or at least I was.
6: What do you mean? It's
2: something. Uh, it helped me out with a story a while back. Uh, things went sour after, as sometimes they do when you release a story about somebody's life. And, uh, but they're, they're a good source. I think they'd listen if it was something important to, uh, to them or to the city. I don't know. As Oliver
1: is speaking, uh, Wu kind of looks over at him and cocks his head and says, "Hey, I know you. You're you're Oliver Lake, aren't you? On TV? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Deep dive. That's me. Oh, interesting. Uh, I didn't know that there was going to be a a journalism piece on our study. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm trying to
2: look into everything that you are. Essentially, Uh, I I was in the middle of working with it with these kind agents, uh, sort of uh, brought me in, so to speak."
3: Think of it like a mutually beneficial consultancy. Exactly.
1: Mutual. Mutual. Well, I I, I think uh, Mr. Lake here has the right idea. I mean, you should... There's numerous nightclubs and and, and music venues that I we've seen. Uh, we've had patrols mentioned that uh, people are using there. Uh, there's still dealers and pushers out there. I mean, if you've got connections to the community, you know, try talking to these folks and, and see what they know. I uh, the the awkward thing is that technically this uh, reverb, whatever it is, it's it's not scheduled, so it's it's not tactic. It's not illegal, is is what I'm trying to say. So, you know, hopefully they've got something else on them if you arrest them. But uh, you should. Oh, uh, no, no one's
3: talking about arresting anybody. We're just talking about having a little talk.
1: Yeah. Good luck with that. It's it's uh, not easy to talk to some of these people. <laughs> no kidding. I have
3: my way. Anyway um, Is there any other information That the two of you um, Could tender to us Related to I, We honestly are um, I'm going to be frank with you Whatever investigation you have been doing We will be taking it over from here on out So whatever files you have Any information, leads um, We're going to have to uh, take
1: all of that Right now if you don't mind Deborah Constance kind of straightens up a little bit and she goes, Um, I. If I'm not. If I'm not mistaken, I am the lead investigator on this study. If anything, you're here to help us. If that makes you feel better.
5: <laughs> He's oh, all right. Okay. Um, listen. I'm gonna, like, I'm, like, Ross is gonna kind of, like, kind of look, like, awkwardly towards a window, just like, oh my god, this is. Cool. Listen,
6: regardless. This is not the time to pull any sort of rank and it is going to eye Agent Fluke lasers, lasers at him.
1: Deborah continues and she says, I'm sorry, I didn't catch your name. What is your name, sir? My name. Yes. Uh, you
3: can just call me Special
1: Agent Fluke. Strange last name I know, but... Well, Special Agent Fluke. Um... I think we've told you all we've know all all that at least Wu knows. I am not a part of this drug investigation. I'm part of a different investigation. But the point is is that he has spent weeks working on this information to just be handed to you on a silver platter. So if anything it is now frog and your group's job to find out what's going Excuse on. Excuse me there. ma'am.
5: Really um hi Frost. Um can I just very quickly uh I was going to say <laughs> You're part of the behavior science unit, correct? That's profiling. Yes, am I cor- am I right in that assumption? Yes. May I ask why are you here?
1: Because I'm the lead of this study. The study involves both violence, rape, and drug abuse Any in the you city one in of Detroit. Particular? I don't understand are the question. Are you
5: investigating anyone in particular? Because
1: there are several. Uh, individuals in the city, most of them related with gangs, that have a history of violence, yes.
5: Anything, uh, if you have any insights or anything that we should probably have a focus on, since it looks like we're kind of going in two different lanes, but we're on the same highway, so to speak. Is there anything we you would say to keep an eye out, or...?
1: Well, all of the gangs are, uh, Certainly, people that you could, you should be, and could be speaking to. The problem is they're extremely territorial, and to be frank, you all look like cops. Well, not those two, and she points at your two friendlies. <laughs> she continues and says, "You know, these these folks get arrested every couple of days. I suggest you pay attention to who's uh, being arrested, and maybe you'll get an interview. Otherwise, you find them on the street. Otherwise, you start doing some research. Uh, I don't know."
3: My thought exactly. I'm not eager to go scooping random people off the street. I would rather wait for local law enforcement to scoop them up, and then I'll swoop in and deal them.
1: Well, if it would, uh, if you'd be, if you'd like, I can uh, keep an eye out. So the next time they have someone, I'll contact you. Yeah. I would appreciate Constance, that.
2: Constance, I'm wondering, uh, would you ever want to have a conversation with me uh, about what you're investigating, what you're looking into? I think you'd be a pretty good subject.
1: I appreciate that. I'll get back yeah. to you. Um, yeah.
2: Just let me know if you you ever want to talk about any of this, or, I mean, I'm on the same side as you. I'm, I'm trying to figure out this just as much as you are.
1: Well, hopefully we're all on the same side. Otherwise, what are we all doing here? Exactly. Is there anything else you need from me or Wu? Nope. I think that awkward pause <laughs> said it all. Uh, Wu stands up, and as he is about to leave, he says, "Actually, um." if you wanted, I could pull up the missing person records and get them to you.
5: Thank you.
3: Yes, that's exactly the kind of thing that we need.
1: Alright, alright, I'll, I'll, probably gonna take me an hour or so, but I'll get back thank to you. you. Sure, thank both you. walk out the room.
3: Okay. So. Mr. uh, Mr. Lake. Where? Where's your guy? Who is he and where is he?
2: Well, I can make a, f- make a call if you like and, and we can go meet.
3: How's he going to react to a bunch of cops showing up?
2: Not well, but uh, probably even worse when he finds out it's me. You ever worn a wire? Not a day in my life.
3: Not unless it was my own. You wanna? I don't, honestly. Well, I think you're gonna. Okay, understood.
5: Would it be easier if I, uh, if you want... I can go with him, but uh, I'll just change out of this really quick. Trust me, I I can be persuasive when I need to be.
2: Okay.
3: Good, but we're going to wire you both up. Well, first
5: thing, I got to actually get out of this uh, pants and shirt combo, and I need to find probably a good, nice. (laughs) slutty dress or something. Anyone anyone can take me down to like inventory or evidence really quick.
6: I don't think you want. I'm sorry. I don't think you want. <laughs> slutty to be confiscated. dress.
5: Trust me. You, you you with the with these legs, they you can distract a lot of people when they're not paying. We can find for sure. a
6: lost and found or a goodwill or something, but just the what what we conf- you want a dress that we pulled off of someone that we arrested, Arnie. assuming they have something <laughs> underneath that dress. I'm just gonna do a move for you, I'm just gonna care about you right now.
3: Thank you, Baking, begging
2: like for venereal. I must have got lost, but
6: are we trying to fuck
3: my contact? No, 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 oh no damn it, no, it's a
0: Mr. Like, you make it a jump, ploy fly quickly. No, it's, You've done that twice
3: now.
2: I, I, I mean,
3: it. if for some reason it becomes necessary, I guess, but I can't see a situation unless, you know, that's what the information sure. costs. We I take them know. to
5: an area. You meet your contact in an area, most likely in a bar or something. I'm just going to be drinking nearby while you chat. Okay.
2: Yeah, I just make sure you're far away, because if I bring any second person, it's going to No, no, cool.
5: no, honey. No, I come in. I, co- I get one before you.
2: You don't have to call me, honey. I appreciate that, though.
5: Oh. Lord, you're going to be... <laughs> All
3: right. So, Sergio, I assume that I would have access to some type of... Surveillance equipment? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's you
1: know, being in the police headquarters, you have a, a small FBI DEA team, you you can get access to some uh, some wires. Um, I'll go
3: get, um, I'll, I'll start the process of requisitioning two of those.
2: Okay. Um, can I go to a pay phone and, and try and punch in the only number I know for my contact?
1: Sure. You make the phone call. Um Echo, do you pick, pick, up? pick
2: up?
4: Yeah, no, I pick it up. It's probably at, at the store. Yeah. Uh, Hightower Records, how can I help
2: you? Hey, I know you're gonna hang up, but please don't, okay? Who is this? Ollie? Uh, yeah, but I... He hangs up. <laughs> oh, fucking <laughs> shit. And I throw the damn thing into the, the, uh, the phone cell, and then I make the same call again.
0: Can I be just standing watching?
2: Sure.
4: I wait till the last ring before I pick it up again.
5: Hello.
2: Hey, it's me. Please don't.
4: I don't know why you're calling me. I was pretty clear the next time I see you, I was gonna put a bat in your head. Yeah, I kind yeah. Of meant it.
2: No, I believe you, I believe you. I saw the bat. Um, here, let's let's talk I, I just want to talk I have an opportunity, a really good one, actually And I think that you and I uh, could work together again I know you didn't really like it the first time But I swear, this time it's not with the story So I can't really fuck over your whole life, huh? Not twice That's, that's too much dumb luck, right?
4: Uh-huh I hang up the phone
2: <laughs> Good
4: for her Damn
2: it uh, I,
4: Who'd you piss off
0: on?
2: I, I put a finger to Rose and I say, don't, please. I've got this under control. Excuse me. It seems very Yes. Thank you. Thank you for the co- vote of confidence. And I, I dial the number again.
1: She does not pick up a third time, but you know where she is. Oliver hangs up the phone. Yeah. That went well. You know, you and I got to talk about this, right?
0: I'm very aware.
2: You know you gotta go home, right?
0: I'm not going home.
2: Well, then I gotta go home, one of us. Why? You know as well as I do who these people are, right?
0: (laughs) Obviously. They don't need to know anything else, though.
2: So then you know what happens when these people are around? Yeah. And you know that I can't let that happen? (laughs) And I can? Well, one of us has to has to change. One of us has got to get out of the same prom dress. I, I can't be sitting here. I, I It's got to be one of us.
0: You go, I go. I'm not staying here without you and I'm not leaving without you either.
2: Well then you and I have to make a decision and it's got to be one that, that you and I agree with unanimously and that's are we here for them and Detroit and the world or
1: are we here for us? Before you can answer that the agents walk back into the room with the wires. They begin wiring you up. Okay. You are you are good to go. What is the plan?
2: Uh, I I got a location. I got to tell you, not looking so great. Okay. But I think I can
3: I can fix good. it. Good. So here's how this is going to work. Then Agent Frost will enter. Where is it? Where did you say it was? Is the bar? Uh, Hightower Records. It's a record store.
6: Uh,
5: I know that
3: place. Is that dress I appropriate for a record store? Like,
5: well, it depends on location. I just need to. Give me... I can go. I just I need to owner. get a quick change and some hairspray, like now. Okay. I know the owner. I can go. I can help.
0: Perfect.
3: Regardless, Agent Frost will enter first and pretend to I, I'll look oh, at I records. Got that. I, I don't, don't know. Don't worry. But she'll be there in case you need. Um, protection. Okay, but you
2: have to look like the least cop individual in that room. You understand that, right?
3: Well, that's why she's going I'm just in saying, on me. I'm
2: just saying. I'm not judging. I'm sure you're gray, but I'm telling you right now that in, in Detroit there's no fucking way that you can walk in there and act the way that you people do in this fucking room and get any sort of attention.
5: Okay, Errol Flynn, you judging me on my performance.
2: Hey, okay. I'm not Errol fucking pun. Uh, I'm not. Uh, but uh, I think we're good.
3: Anyway, we need a code word in the situation that you need a. I
2: say. Do people really use those? Of course they do.
3: Yeah. So here's what's going to happen. If you feel that you need
6: Call to be bailed Robin.
3: out or that you need some help, um, you're just going to say the word. Well,
6: what if it. Can it
3: Twinkie. Like, <laughs> Slip into the conversation. Word, okay. Twinkie?
5: There's. Just say Twinkies. you're craving a Twinkie, and then that's how, that's... I
2: would never say that. I hate Twinkies. Well, that's the... Well, that's
3: exactly the point.
2: But, all right. Or you whatever. can... How about that?
5: How about you just say, damn, I hate Twinkies.
2: Damn, I fucking hate Twinkies. Look
5: at
0: that. <laughs> yeah, bring that up in conversation, naturally. That makes sense. <laughs>
6: It could be something to do with music, because it's a music store. I mean, you could say freaking Master Flash or something, and it would make more sense.
3: Listen, I think we're really married to the word Twinkie. How about this? I've done (laughs) this
2: a couple times, and so I know how to talk to people, and we won't need the code word.
3: (laughs) But if you like one, it's Twinkie. It's there just in case. Well, without further ado, then.
0: Can I just offer something? Sure. I also know the owner, and she likes me way better than she seems to like Ollie. Well, why don't you I... both go in?
3: Well, we... is that going to be weird? Why? I don't know. I don't understand your relationship.
0: We've just met today. Yeah,
3: I, I don't know this woman.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's thats not technically true. I did help you with that one article, yeah. but that was I years mean, ago. We've
2: met maybe three times altogether in our, our whole life. Mm-hmm. We wrote an article on racial disparity.
5: So you guys went from not knowing each other to you know each other three times?
2: Clearly you've never met me. I don't know anybody. Uh, I have a job. <laughs> and I have a shitty apartment.
3: Okay. What I was asking is if it's going to be a problem if you both go in at the same time.
2: No, no problems no? here. You know me, Fluke.
3: Okay. Then we're going to wire you up too, Miss Alvarado. Right.
1: Okay. You do so, and you get ready to head over to high tower records let's cut to high tower records miss echo as you like to be called you've just let the phone ring a third time you don't pick it up and you are by yourself right now in the record store do you do anything
4: uh i'm gonna turn the knob on the volume of what i was listening to because i turned it down to to answer the phone um it's princes when doves cries Um, I go, I, I slide on my, uh, uh, chair back to the front of the counter and stuff and I flip the page of the Superman 400, uh, edition that I just got and I'm just reading through it again as I'm kind of just kind of vibing and, uh, just jamming and listening to the music, kind of mouthing Prince's words as I'm just, like, really feeling it.
1: You're finally getting back into the groove when you hear the sound of the bell of the front door. And you look up, and a crew of seven men roll into the record store. The first thing you notice is their matching Pony brand shoes. You look up, and you recognize their faces. It's Leroy, Walter, and Anthony Buttram Willis. These are the leaders of the Pony Down crew. Uh, And along with them are uh, another five kind of homies that you recognize Uh, One of them being a guy named Ollie, another guy named Tony, Tony Bessos, and uh, a few other guys.
4: Can I get the first four
1: names? Um. Sure, the the three names that really matter to you are Leroy, Walter, and Anthony. They are all brothers, and their last name is Buttram, B-U-T-T-R-O-M Willis, W-I-L-L-I-S. The brothers kind of wander straight up to the counter as their lackeys begin kind of pilfering and rifling through the records. Leroy, the oldest, who you have come to know is the leader of Pony Down. At least the the, uh, de facto leader. Kind of gives you a nod and he says, uh, How you been, Echo?
4: Oh, you know me. Vibin'.
1: Hey, yo, uh, Me and the boys have a question we've been wondering about. You think the young boys still mad that you ratted them out in the paper? And they all kind of start giggling amongst each other like, oh shit!
4: I mean, probably.
1: Yeah. If I was them, I want you dead, cuz.
4: Yeah, you could say that. But, uh...
1: Hey.
4: I don't got anything to worry about, yeah?
1: says, hey, I'm just fucking with you, girl. And he starts laughing (laughs) and kind of puts his hands up and you know, suddenly this very tense moment just suddenly is is just a joke and, you know, you kind of brush it off the way you do with these guys. But he says, listen, um, we appreciate now you pony down, but we need to ask you a favor.
4: Whatever you need. You know I can provide.
1: I appreciate that. We got a meeting with uh, a new seller. Got something hot on the street that uh, we want to get in on. Does uh, this Sunday night work for you? After you close, you let us in, let us hang out. We have our little situation. Then we get out. We take you out to celebrate. How about that afterwards?
4: I, I, I mean, it sounds like a plan.
1: Hey, that's yeah. cool. That's cool. We appreciate of course it. Man. And Listen, uh, you know, you scratch our back, we'll scratch yours. We'll make sure young boys, they leave you alone.
4: I appreciate it. As old- he, throws
1: you, he throws you a handshake to kind of solidify the deal and uh, gives a little whistle. The other boys kind of finish perusing, and they kind of make their way out of the store. I
4: don't say anything else, I just have a big like, nice smile at them as I kind of nicely wave until all of them walk out.
1: And I think that's a good place to end for this evening. Sheriff Taylor is finishing up a press conference standing in front of a podium littered with microphones from different local Michigan news outlets. Their two children were thankfully unharmed and we've alerted their next of kin. We hope they'll be released from child services this evening. Finally this morning a property owner about an hour outside Lansing reported a vehicle on fire in one of their pastures. Local fire rescue put out the flames and we are currently running the van and plates of the vehicle. Though it was badly damaged by the fire, we believe it is a suburban, matching Mr. Stevenson's description. We have a strong suspicion that this vehicle is linked with the Stevenson murders and the act of arson in the neighboring property. Mr. Stevenson described to dispatch that he saw two individuals in the front seats. They were two Hispanic females, black hair, brown skin, Average height and build in their 30s. We are asking that all residents in the area report any sightings of unusual activity or individuals matching the above descriptions. You can dial 911 or your local law enforcement agency. So that's all we have so far. I've got a few moments for questions. Uh, yes, you go ahead.